Alright, well, video's rolling. This is Austin, back with another episode of the Book of Austin Life of Detours podcast. Here's my boy Edwin over here. Hi, everyone. Yeah, there you go. So, Edwin, um, we know each other through our mutual friend Paul, but we're actually in the same business, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, so you work at a, I don't think we really need to say the company or anything, just kind of like Oh, no, I definitely don't mind at all. Um, Yeah, um, I work at Lazy Dog, and I'm basically a corporate trainer right now, and all I do is just go from state to state, just opening up new locations. And right now, I'm just fortunately able to uh, relocate to another location in another state and work with the same company, so I feel pretty blessed. Yeah, we're actually sitting in his... uh his apartment and it is completely deconstructed basically. It really is. So, yes. <laughs> fortunately he is gonna have to leave behind this beautiful wall that he uh, he drew on over here. What's that you said it was the first day you were in here? It was the first week I think and I just ended up just going really crazy with just a Sharpie and yeah. my plan was to paint it at a certain point, but then I got to the point where I was doing painting on canvases. So that's where my inspiration went towards Nice, yeah. dude. Yeah. So, uh, so did you start doing art? How long have you been doing art, like your whole life? Or? Oh man, um, I can actually pinpoint the years because I used to just post on my personal account just little sketches, little doodles that I did, and then I thought, hey, people have a secondary page for their business or their personal stuff, so I was like, I might as well do that. Yeah. So it's been since, I think, 2011, 2012 that oh, I've nice. actually done art. That's and when you decided it was actually something you are going to pursue, not like a pastime kind of thing. Right, and then from then on, it really wasn't uh, geared towards making money, but I thought in the long run, a lot of people enjoy this art, I might as well spread the love and kind of spread the art all around the world as well. There you go, dude. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So let's talk about what's going on right now. So you're relocating and yes. you're going to Colorado Springs, right, dude? Colorado Springs, uh, technically Highlands Ranch, but Colorado Springs is a bigger area, so I'd like to go with that instead. Right. Um, but I'm literally just taking my life, moving over, and starting brand new, which yeah. a lot of people I did know to this day is a blessing or is something that a lot of people aren't able to do. Yeah, just because times it's not an option. Correct. And it's not even um, the fact that it's an option, it's just people get scared of big decisions like that. Oh, yeah. And that's just regular in life, but you're just going to have to push that envelope and tell yourself it's going to be okay, you know? Yeah. Just you're going to depend on people, obviously, and that's okay. A lot of people do think that in life you have to do everything by yourself. But I've learned plenty of times that that is not the case. Exactly, yeah. I like that old saying, like, it's all about who you know is, like, so, yes, so real, too. Exactly. (laughs) And especially in our service industry, it's what you know as well. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Because if you're just any other teammate in the building, depending on the restaurant, um, they might not give you that opportunity. But whenever you're a valuable asset Mm. and people definitely look towards you for guidance and knowledge and just anything in the restaurant, um, they definitely want to help you in any way. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I actually just got uh, asked to be a corporate trainer over at Boomer Jacks. Nice. Yeah. So when does that start, for you, by the way? Uh, I'm not sure because they uh, they're kind of redoing their training program right now, and they're about to open like I think they're talking about like one every like two or three months next year. Wow. Yeah, they okay. have like Louisville, a couple other places like that, and then they're planning on going through San Antonio and Houston too. Okay. And then how long are you going to be gone for those? Do you know? 
Uh, it depends. If, if it's here, then I could really drive back and forth. I think the ones, like if I had to travel, I'd say tops a month, maybe? I don't know. That's about right. You know how openings go, dude. They, uh, yes. They're a shit show. They are <laughs> a shit show, but in a good way. Um, I tell this to people. Whenever I did openings, I never looked towards uh, the money aspect because I knew that it was going to be automatic. Yeah. I just needed to put in the work and make sure that I knew what I needed to know because it's an important role. Yeah. So ever since then, people have asked me, uh, how much do you make? Which is a personal question, and I don't find it uncomfortable answering that. Yeah. But at the same time, I know that tells me it's not what they're really looking for. They're really looking for something to get money really quickly and that's yeah. not the case mm -hmm. no this takes a lot of work like i make good money doing it now but like whenever we first started we started on the servers dude i remember whenever we were happy like we made 150 on that day you know and my uh all my uh managers were like if you if you can just make a hundred dollars a day then you'll be straight that's what we go for and then yeah and a lot of people are happy with that and i'm really surprised that people do live lives like that because they do want to make millions billions of dollars but i find it easier to live life if you just do the things that you love because if you do the things you love that money obviously is going to multiply yeah but let's say you have some type of ceo job and you're making millions of dollars sometimes that doesn't work out and you just end up looking at yourself and like telling yourself what do i need to do to be happy because money isn't everything but it does take care of certain things in life there's like a balance i think yeah sure like don't sell your life for money but no kind of I think like if you just kind of pursue your passion, you know, like I have a lot of fun bartending. I love the people for the most part, that is. But uh, like, yeah, sometimes I just kind of feel bad because I do make a lot of money, but all I'm doing is kind of like talking to people and like, yeah. you know, making drinks quickly, you know? <laughs> but when, and I like that you say that because I've also felt that way, but I can't really downplay what I'm worth or um, what I learned a long time ago is that don't discount yourself because just because you think that certain things are not going to go your way, there's no harm in asking. Yeah. If if and when you can do certain things, and the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a no, mm -hmm. and then you're just going to keep on going. Yeah. yeah. Um, sort of our motto in Lazy Dog is uh, never settle, and it's one of my favorite things because I always have that moment where I have to regroup myself and tell myself, "Hey, it's just ten minutes of this. It's going to be fine." And usually it turns out pretty well. And then later on, of course, being a bartender server, you go to the bar or you go to a hotel or to your own room and then you just share these stories, which is awesome because at the end of the day, you think that you're just doing this by yourself when others are also in the same position or work in the same area and you're like, oh, these are actual real problems. These are yeah, not dude, just my complaints. The service industry is, uh, yes. dude, it's, it's all basically the same, honestly. It's just the, the stories are crazy, man. Like. That, like I talk about it all the time. My buddy Jeff wants to start a podcast called uh, Restaurant Horror Stories. Oh wow! We sit down with different servers, be like, "What's the worst thing that's happened to you on the floor?" That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah going off of that, uh, I also thought about doing like memoirs of a server because nice. you know it just doesn't have to be my company or your company. It could be just small knit uh, businesses, and that's pretty cool to me because later on, when you have stories like that that happen. Um, you could share them with people who are not in the industry and then whenever they read it, it's like, oh, I didn't know that was something annoying that yeah, people yeah, don't yeah, like. Yeah. Like people that like snap at you. Exactly. Like, oh, I didn't know that you didn't like that. Or like you're going to like whistle at and shit, dude. Oh, whistle, that I get my, the glasses shaken at me, yeah. I get called certain names, but for me, it's never been a thing 
where I get offended because yeah. in the service industry, you have to have to have a thick skin. Oh, definitely. You have yeah. to. And if and I've had you're cool, man. No, I've had people uh, that I'm training on the road, and they'll just automatically tell me, "I don't like this table." You know, they're yelling at me. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you gotta look at it this way. If I go over there, they're gonna yell at me too. Yeah. So you just gotta look at them and just be honest, because sometimes my thing during corporate trainers or corporate trainings is that I go directly to those tables, because later on that's gonna give me the knowledge on how to handle that situation, rather than trying to scurry around and then there's that one moment you're gonna have to talk to that table, but you don't know how to. So I try to get that fear out of the way. There you go, Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that I've definitely learned, like something that the service industry for sure taught me. Like whenever I first started, like you, like, it's so weird. I came out of the kitchen at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, wow. Yeah, and like the first time you go to a table, it's so weird, dude. Oh, it so is. You're like, I have to talk to him. Like, it honestly doesn't matter what I say. This has to happen either way. Like, it's exactly. going to get weird. So, you know, just kind of roll with it and figure it out, dude. <laughs> and honestly, I feel more comfortable talking to guests now because I've kind of injected it in my head that I know the menu. I know the restaurant. They don't, so yeah. you, you should feel comfortable doing that. It's the same thing with anything else, you know, driving a car yeah. or learning manual or things if like that. If you're comfortable with your skill set, then you shouldn't have any problems. Correct, yeah. but it's also the confidence that they need mm-hmm. because a lot of people will say, oh, I can do this, and then they freeze up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, whenever it gets, whenever you're in front of that person, dude, like, it can be kind of weird, dude. Yeah, like, or like, I'll have somebody ask me a mini question every once in a while, and it'll just like blank in my head. Like, I can't imagine. Oh, most definitely. Doing, you know, like. But then again, like I said, um, you have to be honest. If you don't know anything or you made a mistake on something, there's nothing bad in telling the guest, I completely forgot that I had a certain thing. Yeah. But a lot of people just lose their mind. And in my head, I'm like, you don't even have to make the food. You're just putting it in the order. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just with my experience and why I know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that, especially if it's their first time in the service industry. Yeah. And like another thing that people do is they'll... Uh they'll like blame stuff on the kitchen or they'll be like oh well i don't know what's going on back there just tell like all the time like i'll just be like dude honestly i talked to you for like five minutes after you ordered your food and then i totally forgot like you like i mean we got distracted i messed up i'll get it in right now and then it's usually not a problem like just little stuff like that just kind of take ownership for it and usually they they kind of commend you for it accountability is a big thing not only in the service industry but in life and um that's something that I've kind of studied in people whenever they're at a job I kind of get that sense that there's something going on outside of this job that makes it uncomfortable for you so when I finally like break that barrier and try to be vulnerable they look at me as someone who they can actually depend on which is what I love because a lot of people they just think about going in there doing their job mm-hmm. and then later on they tell you oh that guy was a dick I'm like no he's just really passionate about his job yeah so you have to kind of give them that vulnerability so that way whenever they fall through they feel comfortable and looking for you for help. yeah like they're not to the point where they're ready to like sell out for like like be aggressive about like the job itself right? right but there's some people like once you're so far like i remember i had these i had managers at fridays that would like that's all they would talk about the whole time they were there you know but that was their life you know yes and uh that's another reason why you got to find something else outside of work 
because it's not always going to be about work. You got to find yeah. time for yourself and hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't look down on people whenever they work 24 seven, seven days a week, because mm -hmm. that's maybe what makes them happy. Yeah. But I was in that position where I did work every day and it got to a point I need to find something yeah, else. Yeah, I wasn't happy whenever I was doing it. Yeah. And I became one of those uh, servers that in the restaurant, I would constantly complain. Yeah. And then I got tired yeah. of hearing my voice and I was like, I have to change something. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I had that problem whenever I was working at, like whenever I was working at JJ's back in Conway, like I would work like 14 hour shifts, four days a week. I mean, I'd have my three days off and most of those were rest. Yes. And, or going out to a bar or something, you know? Right. Like if that's your life, just working, sleeping, and then going out to bars, like, you're gonna, there's gonna, you're gonna be stressed out. Oh yeah, most <laughs> definitely. And you're gonna want to find purpose in your life, but when you do that for so long, you kind of lose yourself. And that's what you have to remember is that there's a there's a purpose for you. You just gotta slowly find it. You're not gonna find it overnight. It's just yeah. a trial and error. Mm -hmm. Same thing with art. If you if it if it doesn't come to you, or you just feel like you can't doodle correctly. Do something else. Do something else, yeah. Pick up a freaking ukulele, bro. Yeah, that too. That too. So do you think that you've kind of found your conduit for that? Uh, I would say art, video games, and sleeping. Um, I'm literally a an adult, but a kid's trapped inside. Because yeah. I don't really want to take life or work seriously, but mm -hmm. when I have to, I will. Yeah. Um, but like going back to the thing that make you finding something to make you happy, those things may seem very simple, but later on can lead to things like, oh, I play video games. I'm starting to get really well. I should probably start a Twitch. Yeah. Or if you're doing art per se, you want to start a business, like mm -hmm. where can I start? Start putting your art out in certain places, things like that. Right, yeah. exactly. Or even just share an Instagram page because a lot of people would just look at it and keep looking at the catalog that you yeah. have and that's where you have followers and that's where you gain more. Like sales, like anything like that, dude. Yeah. Right. A lot of people don't take that step though. Like some people just do that stuff like, on their own, like closet it out. You know, they don't have that. Like, they don't put it like a, not exactly a business mind, but behind it, but like a little bit. Right, and it's okay to have that because in the it's what you're worth. Like you know. Yeah, it is your worth, and then something might click to where that might actually be your primary source of income, mm -hmm. which is even better. Yeah, and it'll almost it'll kind of happen organically if you know if you just put your energy in the right places. Exactly. That's one thing Canine was talking to me a lot about when I did the pod last week, Dave. Like, yeah. It was like just, he didn't know really what he was doing. He just kept himself open and put his energy out there. And like, he just worked hard and the things that needed to happen happened and he figured it out. You know? Exactly. And there's a lot of people out right now, especially after COVID or even if people say that COVID's ended, yeah. they're finding their own purpose in life. And a lot of people who go out to restaurants, they just, they don't understand why we're so understaffed in certain restaurants, but I don't find that a bad thing because I mean, that, that tells me that someone decided, I don't want to work in the service industry. When I get back, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Um, and I have all this time to figure it out, too. Right, exactly. I mean, we did have a lot of time off work to think about it. So That's the that's, best time I've ever had off work. Oh, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you how many times I like went into own, my own depression. I went into a spiral. But it was things that I just made up in my head. I'm like, your <laughs> life is great right now. Well, you were here by yourself, weren't you? I was here by myself. No yeah. pets, no, nothing. Oh, and man, just your Xbox and my own thoughts. Thanks, bro. My paints and my thoughts. <laughs> and uh, luckily, I was fortunate enough to just be able to still talk to people on the phone, you know, uh, being safe about who I visit or who I hang out with. So I was pretty fortunate. A lot of people um, probably were more stressed about what money 
they needed to make to yeah. kind of get by. So they didn't have that freedom to, you know, oh, I'm gonna go hang out with this person. Yeah. But I just took full advantage of it. So it's not, did you get the, did you get on unemployment while you're? I did go on unemployment. I had to. Um, it was pretty weird too because getting money while you're not working. Like not like, doing anything, did you just get a check on what was it, like Mondays? I think it was. Or something yes, like it, was it was a like, fairly sizable check. It was. <laughs> yeah. It was, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was okay with me. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the only reason why that worked out for me, and I'm pretty sure for you too, is that when you work five days, six days out of a week that accumulates onto whatever you made. So of course, a lot of people didn't understand how that worked out as far as pandemic wise, mm -hmm. but the people who did work a lot or were corporate trainers, that yeah. was part of their pay. Mm -hmm. So obviously people looked at it as like, like oh, this is- and stuff like that. Correct. They would look at it and like, oh, this is what you made, this is what they're paying you. Mm -hmm. Other people weren't so fortunate though. Yeah. They were working less than five, four days and they were probably making half the money that I was making. Yeah. So. That's wild, dude. Yeah, that was a that was a trippy time, dude. <laughs> it is. I, but yeah, a lot of people, like you were saying, they really came out of it with a new kind of outlook on life, and that's what I did. Like that's when I wrote my book and stuff. Like I okay. literally took that time, like used the money that I was getting for nothing, and started like traveling around and like doing my stuff. Like like whenever I say travel around, people are like, oh, you were traveling during COVID. Like I was going to see like family that they were quarantined, I was quarantined most of the time, and like. If I saw them, they were okay with it, and I was okay with it. We right. both knew that we didn't have it, like stuff like that. That's good. That's yeah. good. And now that you bring that up, um, I actually was able to do openings while COVID went on. Well, that was a weird thing for me because you thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be over and then done, and then we were one of the companies that was fortunate enough that during COVID, there were still new restaurants opening. Wow. Even to this Did day, the to goes them or something. Or? Uh, the to goes were really busy, but unfortunately, on inside the restaurant and in the patio, it wasn't as busy because people were still scared to come out. Yeah, you had like exes probably on the bar. And oh, stuff like yeah, that. like yeah, we had a sign that said "imaginary friends" and people were to walk up. It's oh, like, that's oh, there's good. someone sitting here, and it's like, no, just imaginary just, friends. You can't sit there. Yeah. And, <laughs> Sorry, bro. And that was another thing that was annoying during COVID. It's a lot of people didn't think of it very seriously, but in my head, I'm like, I'm wearing a mask. I have to wear gloves. I have to wash my hands. I have yeah. to do all these things. I take this seriously because I don't yeah. want to miss this. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I. I still to this day I'm thankful that I was able to get through that. I mean, obviously, working in the service industry, there is a chance that you're going to catch COVID. There's a pretty good chance, especially back in the first bits of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you I, ever get it? I thought I had it, and then I never got tested. But then it happened on one of my openings, which it was a regular thing at that point. Mm -hmm. So I was in Florida, and I actually caught COVID. And what was weird is that it was around the time that they're going to ask me to extend. And I told them no, just because it's a lot of work and I've extended so many times, like I feel like somebody else can extend. Yeah. And for that week or two that I was gonna leave, that's whenever I had COVID. God damn, so you had to quarantine there? Oh, I was in my hotel room. Did the did the company pay for that? Yes. Okay. It felt like a very fancy uh, jail. <laughs> a very weird, like, vacation, like. <laughs> it really wasn't because I actually had mild symptoms, but the worst one was my back pain. Because it oh, just went okay. from top to all the way bottom. So every day it would, it would feel it go slowly down to my like back spine or at oh. the bottom of my spine. And I couldn't do much but just 
take a uh, Tylenol or whatever, just lay down, and then that's it. Did you have your, like, Xbox or anything? Like I that? had my Switch. Nice. And unfortunately, yeah. I was able to actually buy a couple games and finish them off because I am the nerd All I am. the time. <laughs> yeah, but it actually, and I actually uh, was able to do art as well. Like, it wasn't nice. something that, um, that hindered me in any way. It was just really sad that... You just went, like, full crazy thing. Oh, yeah. There. Like, I mean... you surprised you still have your hair, dude. I'm surprised that <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have worse. I could have been in there longer, but yeah. fortunately enough, I only had symptoms for, like, a week. Nice. And then it's, like, they say, like, a week after... Or at that point, they said the other way, like, a week Man, after. around that time, it was... Uh, during the time where like they were trying to figure out time frame if it's 14 days if it's 10 days, days if it's 10, five days yeah. six days it was sometimes depending on when the last time you had the test or if there was symptoms that you had first uh, right yeah right so just from that i was like you know what y'all know better than i am mm -hmm. than i do i'm Let just gonna know when i can come out of here right you know? yeah i'll and chill in here for a little bit yeah, yeah. i unfortunately <laughs> missed my first trainer dinner ever what do you mean trainer dinner? So a trainer dinner is a, a thing that we do after everything's done and before the people that are going to leave mm -hmm. and then there's other people that are going to extend. We get together as trainers just like one last goodbye. And in I'm, the restaurant? No, uh, it'll be like a different restaurant or maybe inside the restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they were at the melting pot and I happened to get a call and I kind of get like choked up because that was the first one I ever missed. Uh, oh, so that wasn't your first one? That was the first one you no. missed? No. How many did you have before that? Um, at that point, I was at 11 openings. Jeez. So I've gotten to every one of them. And then that was the one where I kind of got choked up. But then I remembered that it was more important for the new trainers instead of the vet vets. Because yeah. we've always had that. Yeah. And for me to just miss one, it wasn't a big deal. But it sounds like a pretty dope deal, though. It, it is, it is, but just the way life works, you sometimes don't get what you sometimes want. Sometimes you don't get what you and want. It's, and it's not, it's not a big thing either because they made up for it later. They said, we're going to take you out to trainer dinner um, whenever we get back, and it was fun. Oh, sick, dude. Okay, you got your own little personal trainer dinner? Uh, no, it was like, I think, with two other people, and, or three other people, and then we just got together. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Sweet, dude. Nice. I liked it. So I am, I need a beer. I'll be right back. Oh, can you grab one right in there? I'm using something where I don't have to take the, the breaks every 30 minutes anymore. Oh, that's it. I mean, it was it was kind of cool for like if you had to pee and stuff, but like every once in a while it would just get really in the way. Like you'd be in the middle of the story and you'd be like racing up to the 30 minutes. Right. Like, come on, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> We had to listen to the beep every time. Yeah. Yes, so, yeah. I don't have those anymore, which oh, is nice. That's yeah. How are you using for this? Uh, just a sound recorder on, on the laptop and then uh, the phone, I guess. Yeah. Once I think, once I get that. So I'm, I figure it'll probably come with some kind of a program for that. Yeah. <laughs> most, most of them do. But for now, I mean, this one's worked so far. So I'll figure it out. Nice. Yeah, there's some you can pay for, and then there's, like, some other ones, but, like, this is literally the same thing, you know, so, yeah. But, so, back to Mr. Edwin over here. Yes. I uh, wanted to kind of take it back, so the way we do, like, I don't know, have you listened to any of the pods? Uh, the reason why I didn't want to do it, I, one, didn't want to make myself nervous. Okay, nice. And, two, I do things very open-minded, um, even with being a corporate trainer. Yeah. There was obviously like examples I could have followed or there could have been a video that I could have used, mm -hmm. but 
my head, I wanted it to be authentic, genuine as Play possible. Off, like, off yes, I don't like being scripted, um, mm-hmm. especially whenever I see a certain thing, I'm preparing myself, but that could actually hinder me later on because yeah. I would have one thought in a certain way, but my mind's actually going this think, way. Yeah, you're more of a, like an active person. Like, yes. Or more of like a, I want to say like a reactive person. Like you take things in, figure it out, and then you put something back out. But like if you're proactively doing that, you're like, it's like you're kind of mi- putting yourself in situations to like say things a certain way. Yes. And like it's not going to come out right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's the way I like to do the pods too. Like whenever I met K9, like I thought that dude was fucking like 6'2", bro. So what, five six or something like that? Six, like oh, wow. I've talked to him like once before that, and I was like, dude, don't tell me anything about the business or anything like that. I want to hear it the first time on the pod so that I can have an honest reaction. Right. To it, so that's exactly why. Also, I didn't want to pods because once this was going to be done, I was going to go back and look at everything and see like, okay, maybe this is something that I want to start looking at or start pursuing yeah. as far as podcasts. I think you'd be. I think you'd be good at it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I might be, and I might not, but... I mean, it doesn't cost shit to do, you know? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. You just got to find some time, and obviously, I honestly didn't know that uh, it could be done from anywhere, mm-hmm. or in my head, I thought it needed to be during a certain time, yeah. but um, honestly, nighttime's probably the best. All of mine have been after, like, 9 or 10 p.m., so Right, and with, and with us working server jobs, it's easier that way. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, that's when, that's whenever we go out, too. Yeah. And with this, we're the most awake, I think. With this Texas heat, it definitely helps. That wow, dude, there's no way. Like, it would still be what, like, probably like eighty something, <laughs> or like eighty in here. No, it would probably be close to ninety-five, probably. Yeah, it, it gets inside. Bad. Well, yeah, it's just um, I'm really close to the windows, and it's you do have two big ass windows in here. Yeah. yeah, and it's pretty spacey in here, so it's not really helping me at all. <laughs> like, I would have to get four other fans just to yeah. stay cool. But I'm pretty sure this is probably the worst heat we've had because it's pretty rough, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I used to it's be like on the road around this time. Straight or something right now, dude. Yeah. Um, I'm. That's why I'm really glad I moved to Colorado. Normally, would you be at like an opening or something right now? Or would you be out of Texas? It depends on the timing. So as right now, I'm moving, and literally in ten days, counting, I'm I'm already working. <laughs> In Colorado? In Colorado. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I, know if you were going to like go move in and then be like, oh, we nah, need you in Florida. <laughs> I kind of I thought of it better if I did work on the apartment things later because obviously whenever you're on an opening or a corporate trainer opening, um, you're going to stay in a hotel. Yeah. So I just thought in my head, instead of wanting to move into an apartment and pay extra rent, I'll just save that money for whenever I do get an apartment. There you go. So you don't have an apartment when you get there? No, which is oh, even okay. more scary for me ah, because that's trippy, dude. Yeah, yeah I, that's kind of what I did too, dude. When oh, you I did? Here, yeah. Oh no. I, like whenever I was driving my shit down here, that's whenever I was signing my lease. No way. Yeah, that's whenever my truck caught on fire. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like this, the tattoo that I just got. Yeah. I was oh. Driving down here from Arkansas, the truck that I had, everything in the bed that I had, my whole, all of my stuff was in the bed of the truck. The fucking truck catches on fire. I'm on the way to sign my lease, and it's like four o'clock when it happens. The, the, they close at five, and like, no, dude, I was like an hour away. And oh. Logan's dad came and picked me up, and like went to Bucky's. I cried for a second, and then we fucking drove on. Oh yeah, there's no way. Whenever your wife literally goes up in flames, oh my shit, dude, yeah. And that's just a saying, but whenever it actually happens, you just stand there and just. Oh, that's a fire. Yeah, and I was like trying to save shit. That's actually why I got the tattoo right here because I had a burn on me from like 
threw up the tarp. I went to grab some of my stuff out of the back, and it was all in like plastic like tubs. And like I would pull one out, it would burst into flames on the ground. I pulled another one out, it would burst into flames on the ground. Like a piece of plastic just stuck right here. I had it like on my hands, but like this one was like a good size, and like the flames were right over the top of it. So wow, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't think that will happen to you, but I'm gonna go ahead. And not I really. I really hope not just for the fact that I do have a fairly new car and yeah. luckily I don't know. What was I driving like a fucking O seven Ford like F one fifty long bed little motherfucker? He had the trailer the U Haul trailer hooked up and I think that's where the I think that's what started. happened because we had the U Haul hooked up but the lights weren't working, so I think there was a short in it or something. Yeah, they kind of warned me about it before I left. They were like, "Like we have to make sure the lights work," and I was like, "I don't think you do." You know? So I just went ahead and went. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, uh, no. I think that's what happened, though, because yeah, all of the flames came from under the drugs. So. Was there one thing in that in the bed that you wanted to keep that you just you couldn't? Yeah, definitely my Xbox. Like, dude, it's so weird seeing a melted Xbox, dude. Oh, so that worked out fine. I know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, like two and a half years ago. I haven't had an Xbox in all that time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Edwin over here just gifted me an Xbox. So Edmund's moving out of this house, and he wanted to start fresh. So he just was like, if anybody wants my stuff, like any of the stuff in here, like I'm getting rid of everything except for like what I can fit in my car, basically. And so I came over and like I got that desk, which is dope, in my office. Mm -hmm. I got the TV, I got the sound bar, which was dope, the Xbox, like, fucking, you jeep me up, dude. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad. Taking me to the next level, Homelands, bro. Uh, I'm very. Dude, yeah. Are you already? That's amazing. See, I love stories awesome. like that because yeah. I believe in karma yeah. more than a lot you of people. Never, I haven't played zombies in like three or four years like that used to be my shit oh yeah time, especially but. as a kid if you grew up with that that's oh, yeah yeah i used wow. to waste so much time playing this shit <laughs> oh awesome. and the skateboard that he gave me oh, which i've been yeah. wanting to get a skateboard for like two years and just never went for it dude and like I, and dgk is actually my favorite like one of my favorite brands of skateboard too so no way yeah you know that's that's gonna definitely be a good thing that i actually take with me that yeah. it i helped someone but it also kind of worked out in a way to where like you probably thought you were never going to get one or two it was like back. when am i going to have like two or three hundred bucks to get a new xbox exactly like, like two hundred bucks to spend on a skateboard you know and then it, it was like here like oh and then uh, that's another thing uh for that deck it wasn't actually pre-built it was all like from the actual trucks down to the bearings like yeah those trucks are sick the bearings are sick and he, he went with the uh, longboard wheels. I took it out to River Legacy, bro, mm -hmm. and I was just... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And like, you give it one good push. Like, if you, if you have it. a nice little decline, you're going, bro. And, <laughs> and whenever you told me about that, I was kind of surprised because I thought the bearings had rusted. No, dude, they're squeaky. <laughs> squeaky clean, dude. Wow. They just needed a little wipeout, and they're good, dude. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Man. <laughs> and yeah. I'm gonna wow, that's gonna choke me I'm up so, a little yeah. bit. Like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna choke me up. You a little have bit. like you've helped me a lot, dude. That was I'm glad, really man. Cool. I mean, honestly, yeah. I know it feels like that that I'm helping you, but getting all this stuff out of the apartment—that's no, where I find help. Because I've seen a lot of people where like they don't have that help, and for me, I was just like, look, it's just stuff. I don't help you move it. 
it's yours. You don't yeah. even have to say thank you. I just wanted someone, mm-hmm. but I'm glad he went to a good place. And is there anything else that you've given away that you know has gone to a good place, like to other people? Uh, I think everything actually. Nice. Down okay. to the table, the recliner. Yeah, the table you gave to a lady at work, right? The yeah, she was a busser, and I just happened to run in. I just went into the restaurant, talked to her directly. I was like, "Hey, when can you pick it up?" And she's like. Oh yeah, we could be there tomorrow. And sure enough, they picked it up, and it was like no time. Nice stage, yeah. And that was a nice table, nice couple of chairs. It was. As soon as I moved it, I was like, man, I hope they actually really keep that because I would have kept that. I thought about taking, but it's just a little bit too big for the space that we have. Because my uh, my podcast office is actually in the dining room. Oh really? Right by the table. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's trippy looking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, putting your desk in there freed up so much space, dude. Okay. Like, we move some stuff around and like uh like dude like there's actually like a walkway through there and stuff now. oh really <laughs> before like you had to kind of like like there was a bit of a walkway but like if my chair was pulled out or if we had the fucking high chair yeah there, like you had you had to like skirt around it but yeah. now it's pretty open and it's very nice dude. and what's pretty cool about that desk is that um i actually got that desk whenever I was in Fort Worth, and that was my first solo apartment by myself. Oh, nice. And I'm talking about whenever you went into my apartment, it looked like I was running out of money. Because mm-hmm. I had one piece of furniture, one art desk, and there was no other table, there was no chair, there was no dining set. Right. And my bed, the mattress that I have now, was on the floor. Yeah. And I had that for so long. Yeah. And for me, I just thought it was just normal because yeah. I'm like, you I'm, starting, to. I'm yeah. starting from the bottom. Uh, but with the art desk, that was one thing that kept my mind busy. And yeah. there was nights where I would go ham yeah. for like four or five hours. You can feel it on that desk. I can feel that there's been some... Oh yeah, <laughs> and the little like paint marks on it and stuff. Dude. Yeah, no, yeah. Every little piece that he gave me, from the little ottoman that he gave me, yeah. the chair, everything, dude, it's has a paint. little bit of paint on it. No, <laughs> like I, little bitty specks here and there, dude. I don't know. I just felt like it added character to it. Yes, yeah, I don't. Personally, if I were to get something, like I find it kind of uncomfortable getting it brand new because. Now I have to go out of my way and take care of it. But if there's like paint and stuff on there or a couple scratches, I'm like, cool. Yeah, dude. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, that's dope, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But so we were about to drop it back because I want to learn a little bit more about you personally. Um, So like I was going to say, the way like Life of Detours kind of is, is like we're trying to figure out like um, what these little steps kind of throughout your life that have kind of led you, like whenever you figured out you wanted to do art or like whenever you first started working at Lazy Dog, like all these like big events in your life that yeah. you need to be like right where you're at. Definitely. Right um, I'll start with art because that's the most passionate well, thing. Well, no, I want to take it back even further. Like, okay. You're, you're Salvadorian, right? You said? I am yeah. Salvadorian, 100%. Are you like first generation American or, or were you born there? Or? I am second generation. Okay. Nice. So I have an older brother and a younger sister and I literally emphasize that because I got the best of both worlds. I got an older brother that was a mentor slash the person that I looked towards if I was doing something wrong or right. There you go. It was an example. And then I also had my younger sister, which... So you had to be the big brother. I had to be the big brother, but at the same time, it literally showed me and taught me how to treat 
women in a certain way because yeah. I didn't want to be that brother that my sister looked towards and was like, man, that guy. My brother's a douche. Like, or like, let's say my sister had a friend and then obviously I'm like, yeah, your friend's really cute. Yeah. Obviously I wanted to have that relationship to where she could like depend on me and it's been like that. Yeah, that's how mine is too, man. That's how me and Autumn are for sure, dude. Like, right. Like she's like, hey, I got this cool friend. You know? Oh, really? Oh, what's up, dude? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, being in a family like that, it was close-knit. Um, it was just my mom and us three. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm still fortunate to be in this position because there were some times back then, like, you know, growing up as a single mom, it was really hard. What did your mom do? Uh, she started off with uh, a hotel cleaning. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, this is, is this in DFW? Or yeah. Um, if I can remember correctly, it was like Marriott or Sheraton. And from there, um, it still trips me out because um, whatever she did before, you know, she had a last job, um, she would work in a mailing distribution um, kind of place, but it was in a warehouse. So it'd be big packages instead of being like UPS or USPS. Yeah. It's not like a mail room. No, like no, no. It'd be more shipping. Shipping actually, and she would work all all day, all night. Uh, she would have a second job, but whenever she first started, that's what her thing was. And you know, it wasn't a shameful thing for her. It was money. It was yeah. something that she took care of her family. Oh yeah, and then from there, um, she just kept on going. And I think that's whenever she finally got into another business and started working with that company. So nice. um, I kind of got my work ethic from her because. She would would tell me to this day, don't work too hard. And I tell my mom, like, but isn't that what you did? I mean, I'm 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 kinda like following your example. Mm -hmm. And even like right now, I went to go visit her and being independent is one of those things that she understands for me. It's like, you know I'm here to help you, right? And Mm -hmm. then I would not try to like have an argument, but I would tell us like, you know that you're the person that kind of like inspired me to, to be independent. Be help. Yeah, I didn't. It's not the fact that I didn't want that help. It's just I wanted to be able to have some type of independence. Like I wanted to do things for me and prove myself that you know this world is not as hard as it is to like grow up in. Yeah, because a lot of people they don't like leave the nest until they're like twenty. Shit, dude, further than that, bro. <laughs> and I started when I was eighteen, and from then on I was also low dolo and from then on I think that's where my my wanting to be by myself where I get that from because yeah. being a middle child I can't really relate to my sister yeah well you're not the oldest who's like you know obviously the firstborn then you're not the youngest who's typically like one of the favorite children right yeah. so the only people that I had to really talk to is friends and back then I just hung out with anybody who was out like that's how we did the old school yeah. Whenever you were young, no matter who it was, you just got to meet these kids. Oh, yeah. And now it's like everyone wants to be indoors and play video games. God, dude, that, that's trash and crazy. It is. Yeah. And like, I don't like think... You went, did you go to public school? I did go to public school, yeah. yes. Uh, but it was all within the area. And in high school, it kind of changed up because I didn't get that regular high school experience like everybody else did. Um, let's say, for example, like you had prom, you had football games you have all the shebang my type of school was geared towards uh careers so you you had like a tech school kind of deal or um no they would call it the academy but not really what people think like university (laughs) yeah i was gonna say it, it definitely preps you for college slash what career you want to do so for example um whenever you apply 
to this school, which was actually like lottery system, which I never understood to this day. I'm like, I don't understand how it's lottery system. So it's not like a paid school? No, it was just you actually applied to go to this high school if you wanted to. Is it full lottery or is it based on like certain stipulations? Uh, like I think it was full like lottery like, yeah. because the, the certain people that I actually met, I was like, how the fuck do you get Yeah, really? <laughs> and I didn't say that out loud, but I just yeah. like, I have nothing in common with you. <laughs> yeah, but um, I did get to meet a lot of people, and whenever I applied, they asked you, like, hey, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? And I just picked computer maintenance. I, I okay. didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, I like computer stuff. I mean, it sounds like a good bit of money. Computers are fun, you know? I thought it was going to be fun until I was just like, I don't, I'm not learning Start anything. getting into coding and shit? Yeah. Well, yeah, it would... Every sucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Every grade would be different. So, like, let's say you start off with computer maintenance, and then in the 10th grade, it's, like, more specified. It's like, okay, cool. Do you want to go into programming? Do you want to do computer science? Do you want to do right. things like this? And like I was like... Media production or, like... Um, no, I just literally just kept going towards computer maintenance, even though I wasn't really developing... By maintenance, are you talking, like, hardware or software? Hardware and software. Okay. Yeah, because I actually had an internship my senior year at a place really close down the road like maybe 10 minutes from there that I actually got to like work with them and kind of see how what departments um how they work with each other so kind of like Best Buy let's say they send their parts to a certain warehouse yeah that's the warehouse I would work at oh uh, okay so it's is it where they stored or is it where you work on no it's where they actually worked on like it. they send like items that people have sent back or like Correct. corrective items and stuff like and that geek squad like Geek Squad, like Geek Squad a little bit, yes, but it would be for different companies as well. And I did learn a little bit, you know, um, I was more towards uh, like just final processing, so I really didn't get to go into the logistics of how to actually fix computer, but I did learn a little gotcha. bit. okay, you're back on like the putting it back together kind of deal. Right, and I think I felt comfortable with that just for the fact that it was just time that flew by. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, you're working, you know? I was working. Um, and was as it a paid internship? It was a paid internship. Uh, that was the one thing that I always told myself that I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an internship. It has to be paid, mm -hmm. especially at that age. Because like for me now, now that I know, that would have been free labor. Fuck yeah, would have been. It been free labor. There's so many people they could have talked into it too. Oh yeah. And I was just like, nope, absolutely not. Oh, look at this experience I'm getting. Yeah. I'm eating crackers and ramen noodles, man. Oh, you have no idea the lunches and the breaks that I would have. Oh, I would have yeah. the 30 minutes. The lunchables or what? No, vending machine, man. Oh, vending okay. machine. And I'm talking about vending machine, the ones that actually rotate, and you actually get to pick the aisle. There's, like, there's like a little sand there was white machine. There was White Castle small burgers that were cold that you just had to heat up. What? Yeah. And from then on, I was, was like... a big business, wasn't it? Uh, it? I don't think it was, because two years down the road, I just was searching locations, and I just like, oh, let's see if this place is still around. Nope. Gone? Gone. And I was like, oh, I, kind, I kind of would see why it's gone. I mean, it didn't really have any character to it. It was just one of those... Which other better. companies are doing it better kind of deal. Right. It's yeah. like, uh, kind of like Geek Squad. If you know you have your own place to actually fix these things, then why outsource? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. When you can make it part of your company and make money off of it. Right. You know, and I'm so. glad they didn't offer me a job, because at, at the same time... <laughs> you lost your job. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. But at the same time, I was working at Jersey Mike's. Oh, okay. So nice. you're making the sandwiches, bro? Yeah, so I was eighteen, computer maintenance. I didn't have any like extracurricular activities like sports because that's not what we're geared towards. Not right. really proms. Were there sports though? No. You would have to actually go to a different high school. 
like you could play for the other high school and go to this school or you yeah have to just leave? exactly like you would actually have to leave they would take you over there and then you could do whatever you would like interesting right but for me i was like you know i, I don't see you being a good soccer player or even like a probably a good linebacker i would probably be a really good ping pong player fuck yeah dude <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I, oh no i tried i tried the uh minor league football thing and you know i got a lot of money kind of deal or no, but it was for me just working out. Oh, minor league, like after minor league, school? Minor league after school. Okay, yeah. Like, it was cold, 50 degrees outside, and we're running. Yeah. Like, that actually built character for me, because... Definitely. That's what of, I did all through high school, man. <laughs> and I wasn't even actually, like, always playing. I was more on the sideline, because I was like, nah, I'm not getting hit. Like, no, no, like, I don't know what the And hitting. also, my problem was, I don't really care to, like, learn the plays either. Oh no, I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't understand. really care to for the most part. Like I was like, I can go out there and like hit people, and I can be in the right places and stuff. But like, I'm not gonna like learn all this stuff right. like, in my off time. But there was a couple of times where I, I do take the moments where I was playing. Like for instance, it was like kickoff, and I was actually playing in the game, and I happened to just boom like that with a helmet with everyone with somebody else I'm like good job I'm like nah my head hurts yeah that sucked dude I hit him, I <laughs> hit him and cool, I, I hit him and I bounced back like three times I'm like nah I'm not doing that like, again oh I did a great job did I <laughs> and then in, uh, in I think uh, middle school which is whenever I was still either doing my own or I was going into it um, one time I happened to catch the ball and the play didn't go all the way through apparently they called the whistle but I called but I caught the ball thinking it was an interception Sure enough, they run the play again, and then I do it again, and still an interception. So I was like, "Well, at least I had one interception." That's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I, think I had one or two, and I had a couple fumbles recovered. I was defense. You were defense, I imagine. Too, gotcha. Yeah. 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 I was defense in that, and I was defense in soccer. Like I was the center mid, mm-hmm. or the center back in soccer, and fucking dude, that was my shit, bro. All state, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, from there. Um, yeah, after that, I went to A&M, and... Oh, nice, okay, yeah. It was one of those things where in this... What was your major, computer? My major, oh my gosh, I had like two, three different ones. Yeah, right. Because the first thing that I wanted to go into is engineering, I'm like, oh, I'm good at math. No, right. no, no, I'm not, I'm not good at math. I'm, I'm not that good at math, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. It, was, it was engineering math, I'm I like, was what good does that mean? Yeah, I was, good. I was okay at the regular math, and then you get into like the calculus and stuff, and like I had a really good roommate who was like a fucking math whiz, he got me through all that. Then I got into the coding and like, no. the programming, so I was like, I don't, like, is this part of this? I didn't really I hope not. I had to do this part. Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, you go to different subjects, like, let's say it's just, like, physics or science, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's specified for that field. So you're not doing just regular science, you're doing science for engineering. Yeah. And that definitely humbled me because I would get my scores back and I was like, I thought I was good at school and studying. Apparently mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Yeah, so... Went there for a year. Yeah, college definitely humbled me too, bro. Oh, <laughs> and it wasn't my fit, honestly. I picked A and M just because. Oh, everybody goes to A and M. I went down there and I was like, I've never heard country music so much. Oh music. my god, <laughs> yes, dude. Yes. And like, there was only one station. I can't imagine. Oh my god. No, like, there was one station that had hip hop. And it wasn't even that really that good. Yeah. But nights at Northgate. And just everybody wearing just white khaki shorts with just the regular polos the shit. polos, yes. Yes, yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Man, I, I dude, just I went to a, I went to one frat party, dude, and I went like fifteen and zero in beer pong, dude. Like it was 
fucking it was sick. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. Because they don't really party. Like they, no. they act like they party. And yeah. Like once, like if they actually drink, it's not good for them, bro. <laughs> no, and I'm actually uh, I can't handle a guy that actually <laughs> drinks. <laughs> no, I, I get lucky on those type of nights because when I do, I'm just like I've pounded 15 and I haven't felt anything. I'm like this God. is not good. And there's some days where I'll just do two. I'm like I'm going home. Dude, that happens to me a lot, too, actually, especially nowadays. Yeah. 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 Like, there was one night I went out with Paul. We were supposed to go pick up my stuff, and uh, we went to, um, what was it? Uh, what's that fucking place? BFF. And uh, the bartender, I was like, just pick me a beer, just whatever it is. You know, I, I like beer in general, and she gave me this mango beer. It was on their happy hour. It was like three bucks. But uh, it was like a mango IPA, and it was, I want to say it was like 7% or something, and she, I didn't know that. Oh, no. So I had like two or three of those, and then like somebody wanted to buy me a shot on the end of the bar, and then me and Paul had a couple of, what was it, green teas or something? Yeah. And I got shit-faced, and I drove home. I was supposed to be home at like 6.30 with food for Kristen, and I showed up at like 8.30, and I think I got the food. I got the food. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the food. Yeah. At least it was 8.30, not 12.30. No shit, dude. I could have easily turned into 12.30. I had that moment sitting at the bar and that I just get to talking with people. Mm-hmm. And then beer after beer, shot after shot, I really don't know. And it's like, hey, uh, would you want anything for the last call? I'm like, I got here at 10. It's already. <laughs> I'd be like, I got here at 4 o'clock. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh. I'm glad you brought up the frat thing because that was one thing that I wanted to pursue because I was like, oh, it's a brotherhood. It's cool. Yeah. And then I actually went to go check these ones out and I'm just like, it's not what I like you guys. No, I didn't. And at the frat house slash house that they had, I was like, does anybody clean? Oh, Your backyard is bad. Like, I'm actually a fairly clean person for the most part. And like, I can't even have like some of my roommates that I've had were not that great and like dude imagine having like 10 roommates in the house all wow. dudes they all are fucking goobers probably oh yeah. in my lifetime it felt like I had 10 roommates because one time I actually had to get two roommates for an apartment to share three three different rooms yeah I'm telling you the nights that I had there I was like yo I know y'all want like, to is party. anybody gonna do these dishes bro <laughs> I was just like I don't even I don't really eat and if I do eat I don't eat too many plates I'm getting to go from lazy dog it really bro. was that way but I was like I have to clean this because like no one's gonna do it mm-hmm. um but for the frats uh yeah I really didn't find anything and some of these frats organizations you had to pay a monthly fee and I was like for what? Dude, right? And I was broke as fuck, too. I was broke, too. Yeah, like, I'm not, like, I'm not one of those kids that, like, somebody no. sent me with money, you know what I mean? No. Like, I'm not, I can't do that. No, and I don't no. have a job, you know? I'm literally, like, using my, like, student loans and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. All my scholarships, like, that anything extra that I get is going to pay debts that I have. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. I actually had a job during college, and it was the weirdest thing for me because... I was getting the whole college experience. Like, I got to experience the fret. Got your full, what, 20 hours or something? Like yeah, that. I don't know. Uh, it was like 15 hours yeah. for a full set, like five classes. Yeah, you have to do, I think, 15 hours to keep scholarships. 15 right? hours, yeah. yes, exactly. And it got to the point where I'm like, I don't like this at all. Like, they say 15 hours, but it feels like more than that. No, because you take the time to study at home. And yeah. that's what they tell you there. Like, I had one class, they were like, yeah, for this class, <clears throat> you're gonna need to do probably like 10 hours of studying outside this class and then I went to the next class and I'm like you're gonna need probably 8 to 12 hours of studying outside yes. of this class and I'm like I, like 
what the fuck did I sat down and actually did the math and I was like I have literally 30 minutes to sleep yeah I'm like we're not gonna do this actually it's not gonna work out and obviously I still pushed through just to kind of show myself that I could do it yeah but even with the grades I was like man this is my problem was I didn't do homework in high school like I would just go up and like ace all the tests okay and like I would like if I had to do the homework like if they were actually counting it I would just do it all in one day yeah exactly like that kind of shit yeah but like when you get to college, like you gotta you gotta keep up with that, bro. It's not <laughs> when it comes to the test, like it is what just happened on the homework. It is and exactly. half of it's not on the homework, also too. It's so. be open ended sometimes too. I'm just like I didn't think I was gonna be an open ended question. I'm sorry, I didn't study. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought I was gonna have options to choose from here. So I used yeah, to. I have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Did I bullshit in one of these history essays one time? No. So they gave us like twelve. He was like, so it's your final essay. Yeah. There's twelve things that you need to study. Everybody's gonna get one of them, but it's random. So I studied like four of them, right? Okay. He gave me one of the ones that I didn't study. And I bullshitted this essay, fucking got an A on it, and he wrote on the top of my test, he's like, you have a great mind for history. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, bro. It's like, like, this man probably doesn't even know his own history. <laughs> like, you're the teacher, bro. <laughs> I, I tried doing that's, that's that. the writing, bro. I can do that. That was, that was a thing that I actually got through AP classes, that if you took your AP test, it's open-ended questions and essay style. So I just literally would look at my paper and pretend like I would knew what I was doing. Hour and a half goes by. I'm just like, like I just have to wait. I guess. Yeah. I'm literally like, like I'm going to fail. I'm, I'm failing. Per- like You're like purpose. that SpongeBob episode where he does like the really nice D. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, let's see what we have. Oh cool. I don't have anything. Yeah. yeah. Like if I had art back then, I would have just drawn on it. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, this yeah. is not what you were asking you might for. Pass. I would have probably passed. I'm like this is actually a really good metaphor. I'm like, you're a freaking liar. <laughs> it's like I know how to bullshit. Is what you're telling like, you, me. You like you're bullshitting first. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then uh, going back to the college thing, I got to be able to work, and I actually got to experience what it was like so to be Jersey Mike's here. No, in A and M, it was in the general dining, so oh, I had a couple nice. things, okay. right? So Chick Fil A and all that. I got to work at like a non-company uh, thing where there was like burgers, fries, and sandwiches and stuff like that. Okay. Um, like something put on by the uh, yeah by the, the school because I didn't remember what the name of it was, um, but it would be like a flipping burgers, uh, just doing the fries and from there um it was a really good experience but it wasn't something i was like you don't want to flip burgers for us in my life I'm like yeah definitely no nah, this is just something that passed it the is kind of nice like it probably wasn't corporate in anywhere or anything no. like that like like that's one no. thing like i really like like whenever you work for smaller companies you kind of learn like all these corporate like they feel like they have things figured out and stuff and then mm-hmm. you get in a business where they don't have things figured out and they're figuring it out so you kind of learn with them that's exactly uh, one of the reasons why I like Lazy Dog they're constantly changing their training program and it's gotten to the point where they're actually asking my feedback and I'll have to take this seriously I'm like we need to change this this needs to be changed over make this shorter and I like that because that means that I know something it's not just oh they're just asking me because they don't have anybody else I'm like no I get called upon sometimes like I think it was uh the coordinator of training that called me. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, is there any way you could send out a, a, the prep list for uh, the batches? And mind you, this is a Monday, and I'm in the and I'm at the bar, and I actually had Paul at the bar. Like, hey, I need to take this call. 
five minutes goes by, I'm like, yeah, they Paul, just... Paul, stop buying the bar, help me out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm not even getting paid for this. What the heck are you, like, calling me for? But that's the part that I like, is that they're calling me no matter yeah. what. And it's nice because it, it, it's like it's extra work, I guess. And it's like whenever, mm-hmm. like, like one of my managers will come up and be like, hey, this really needs to be done. Like, I need you to, like, somebody didn't do it. Like, the, the margarita machine needs to be pulled or something like yep. that. And you're like, dude, like, I, I get it. Like, I can fuck, it takes me 10 minutes to do it. Like, I get it. Like, I can figure it out, you know. And it's like, or, like, whenever the lady was talking to me about doing the corporate training, she was, like, asking a couple of questions about it. She was, like, asking about, like, uh, because she was saying, like, she's trying to change the, like, pay structure of it and stuff like that, and, like, some of the training, and just asked if I had any feedback on, like, any of the, like, new drinks that were going to be coming out or anything like that, or, like, anything about the training that I didn't identify with, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I have, I have something for you, like, I can tell you right now, like, it's nothing. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And that's going to be something that you're going to use on the openings as well, because, like I said, just having that knowledge, just because you didn't actually want to go look for it, it's just an experience that you can now take along road yeah pretty cool and that's one thing about like and like say you weren't with lazy dog could you do this for another company oh most definitely i've done so many openings now that um with linkedin and the way uh we have it set up now is that i've probably gotten a couple hits on you know linkedin about this job and we're offering this and then the back of my steal you away a little right bit, yeah. but in the back of my head i'm just like it's all because of this company but it's also because of my dedication to the company because yeah. I put in the work, it wasn't just given to me. Mm-hmm. But that's why I stick with this company because they treat me so well that I would personally go to other places just to look at it from the outside and I would get their personal stories like, yeah. hey, do you like bartending survey? I would obviously like pick up on their body uh, language. Like if they're testing you? Oh yeah, yeah most yeah. definitely. <laughs> I'd be like, man, thank God. Yeah, my uh, my AD came in the other day and tried to test me on a margarita the other day yeah. and I knew he was like, asking weird questions so I was giving him like the most like like the most like uh corporate answer yeah basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no I know what you mean actually yeah. yeah he was like why did you shake the margarita when you could have just poured it and I was like because whenever you shake a margarita you have that little bit of dilution and like it adds to the flavor exactly. of the margarita you know and he was like well whenever you he was trying to get to the keg situation because we have the kegs batch yeah. now and he was like well the thing I was trying to get to was whenever you go back there and you pull the thing and like mix up the keg every once in a while, you don't have to do that. And I was like, well, I'm still probably going to do it though. Well, yeah, because so it tastes better. And also, <laughs> if you've been trained a certain way, it's very hard for someone else to tell you, hey, that's not how you're supposed to do it. I'm like, but that's how, like, that's on the piece of paper. That's how I got trained. What do you mean? Yeah. And then they'll go back and be like, like there's you know, nothing like, wrong with what I was trained to do. No, not at all. Anyway. No, not at all. Yeah. And that's good because that gives them more confidence that they're putting someone behind the bar they can trust. Yeah. They could have gone with somebody else and they could have gone straight to the GM or manager. It's like, hey, you need, you need to cut that guy. And yeah. because it is that person and he's so high up on the company, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen sometimes to where yeah. like in the kitchen. It happened to a lady over at Vimotex really? recently. Yeah. Oh, wow. Was it in the kitchen? No, it was a bartender. She's been oh. there for a long time. She did one thing like with the point system and they were like, Mm. Get her out of here. But I, I don't know that there were other underlying issues, you know what I mean? And like, she didn't seem happy at the company and stuff like that. So right. I think there might have been something else going on and they were just using an excuse. But like, they were like, could have been. If we tell you, you got to get rid of her, you got to get rid of her. Yeah, I mean, it, that's how the service industry works. I mean, you. You're fairly you, expendable. That's what's fucked up. You got to make yourself 
They replace you. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I've gotten to the point where, like, even at my home store in Ulysses, they'll even say, it's like, oh, we're going to miss you, and you like, we're not going to find a person like you. And it doesn't hit me until, like, I walk away, and I'm just like, what does that really mean to me? And that just means... Like we've been talking about, you're a value asset, yeah. and you busted your ass to where there's no one that's gonna reach your level. It's weird whenever you realize like they've talked about you in meetings and stuff like that, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I get that all the time here. Is I would hear from a certain manager, or I hear from the company, and it's like, oh yeah, they all said really good things. The other day, and yeah, and I just look at myself, I'm like. What did I do? Like, what did I do, bro? Yeah. Like, I don't like I hope that. they're picking the right stuff. Oh, know? no. Yeah. I, I think they are. I yeah. Mean, I mean, as long as you're, like we were saying earlier, as long as you're confident in your craft, you don't have anything to worry about. You know? And there's always going to be those days where you said, like, you have a brain fart and you don't remember anything. Yeah. Just got to brush it off. Mm -hmm. Just got to brush it off. And there's some days that are just weird, dude. I felt like that kind of today, dude, because I got pretty busy yesterday and then I was, like, relatively busy today and, like, I was keeping up with everything and, like, I was doing my job to, I mean, relatively the fullest, but I didn't feel like I was at my full level, yeah. you know, and it was like everybody was getting good service, everything was coming out on time, drinks were being made and stuff, and I was like, I don't feel like my heart is 100% in it, mm -hmm. kind of deal, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. yeah. It's okay to have those days, but just... You that means you're continuing to kind of push through it. Yeah. Right, and you gotta, like, learn kind of some techniques to pull yourself out of it. Um, you just can't live in that funk because it does negatively affect the way you talk to guests even though you may not notice it yeah there are going to be times where people think you're an asshole and yeah. honestly you look so you're so getting like, short because you're stressed out oh yeah. yeah and i've been like that to where regulars they know me it's like hey is everything okay i'm like nah, not really i'm like yeah. and then i tell them about what's going on that's what i like about regulars because they will check you sometimes oh yeah, yeah. they will so and my it, buddy Daniel, dude. Yeah, yeah, and Paul for sure, dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> and having those people too, like it's funny because you know that they respect you whenever you're not there. Mm -hmm. They say, "Hey, uh, are you not working here anymore?" And I was like, "Oh, I just work on these days." I'm like, "What's going on with this bartender?" I'm like, "What do you mean? What's going on?" Yeah, with this bartender? Like, you can get the scoop on the side, bro. Oh, I love it, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not I get it all the time. Dude, so. I'm not the type to share those things. I just take it as a grain of salt because you know they don't know their full story but in my head if a guest sees that that lets me know that whatever i'm doing they can see so i yeah, have to fix it like that they're actually paying attention i have to yeah. fix it especially at my level that i'm at right now i have to oh, have yeah. to have to yeah. and now it's become routine to where like i'm always wanting to be positive i hate being negative because being negative doesn't get you out of any situation yeah. and you never find a solution you're just that's like what we were talking speech. about earlier like whenever you go if you go into a situation like if you go into a table or a, a bar guest or anything like that negatively it's gonna turn out negatively like exactly. if you can go into every situation like if you get somebody that you like you walk up to them and you're like I don't know that you're gonna tip me very well but you still give them full service and then it is the person that would normally mm -hmm. tip you're like I didn't know you you know like I could have totally treated you a totally different way and because I actually did my job, which I'm supposed to do either right. way, you you compensated me as you should. You know? And as far as tips go, I don't know if anybody does this, but in my head, I've literally gotten to a point where I expect everyone to tip zero. It's weird. Because if you expect zero, and even if it's a dollar, yeah. you're grateful for that. Tip. Because yeah. a lot of people <laughs> like will look at the percentages and just will be like, 
just in awe. You gotta be ready for a zero at all you times. Have to, because it happens randomly, dude. I don't care if they're white, black, Mexican, South Korean, exactly. anything like that, bro. Like you, it's gonna happen every once in a while. And it sometimes is. it's like you understand, like that person just didn't have the money, you know, or like that could be too. Maybe that guy's just a dick, you know. It, it's, it'd be like that sometimes too. But, but there's too many people that you interact with that you can't focus on their story. They, yeah. You're just gonna be like, hey, they came here for a reason. Like if they have a problem or they're mad, you gotta think maybe it's something outside. It's so trippy whenever you get people that come into the restaurant and they're already mad. You're like, what? Oh, I don't understand <laughs> whenever I work during brunch and the first thing I hear is just some smart remark. I'm like, how did you be mad at bacon? I swear to God, it's like 11 o'clock. It's bro. 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's like, why are you mad at me? I can scramble your eggs. Yeah, dude. But, dude, I, I remember I was at Waffle House one time and I had there was a dude at the, at the little bar top and he was so mad because they didn't get his eggs like sunny side up and he was throwing them. Fucking thing, dude. <laughs> I was like, dude, just it's an egg. Dude. Oh, like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm dude. telling you, it's things like that that make you realize how life works. Because there's people who get mad for certain things like that. I've gotten to the point where literally, if I find a small hair in my food, I don't just tell nobody. Because yeah. it's just something that oh, you really think they did that on purpose? No. Yeah. Or like, I have people sitting outside and a bug will fly in there too. That's like, another thing. Like that. like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, can you make me another one? Sure, I'll make you another one. I'm not gonna blame it on yeah. you. Not like you didn't a... do anything wrong. You didn't no. do anything wrong. You know, like, well, yeah, we can, yeah, we can handle this like adults. Just and... don't freak out. <laughs> but you can't tell that to everybody because now because if you tell them to freak out, they're gonna freak out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like telling someone, hey, calm down during the situation. No, bro. Oof. Yeah, walk away. Just that's a bad walk move. away. Yeah. Mm. You good on your beer in there? Are you gonna do a little bit of break at all? Or? Yeah, we can take a break here in a second. Yeah. yeah. I think now might be a good time, actually. Oh, Do that. Oh, wow. Talking and sitting down. Alright, Dub. Start that one. We'll hop over here and start this one. We are officially back recording. We took a little bit of a break. Edwin actually hooked me up with probably one, like, dude, this shirt is sick dude this is awesome Thanks, man. yeah Appreciate that. so is this this is a smaller piece of art that is the smaller piece of something that we just emphasized mm -hmm. just to kind of have something on the front because most uh just t-shirts in general have that logo mm -hmm. so we just went with that and then afterwards it's like hey what can we do on the back we're just like hey how about we just do the whole piece I'm like that's cool. we fucking we got the whole piece on the back too right. Right. Let's do that okay oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirdest pose I could possibly do right there, but it's okay. So I'm going to crack this beer. And actually, I'm going to take a little sip out of this uh, quiet, quiet man. Quiet man. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Such a good, like, fresh, like, it's a really, like, oaky flavor, but also a good sweet on it, too. That's why it's good to drink it with ice during the summer, mm -hmm. but during the winter... So you, you do it with a cigar. I'm, I'm a really big Scotch I can't believe we're not person. smoking cigars right now. Um, now that I think about it. I wish I had known because there's been different cigars I've actually tried. There's one that was a dessert cigar, which I've never heard of. Like, this probably is a fake. It's probably like cake or something or a cannoli. But I actually like lit it and I enjoyed it. It was like chocolate. Nice. As weird as it is. Like, like did it have like cacao bits in it or something like no, that? No, it or? was just the way the tobacco was in the wrapping that it smelled like chocolate. And when you smoked it, 
I understand why. It was like a uh, digestive or whatever they want to call it. Digestive. Digestive. Yeah. yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nice, dude. So I think before we uh, went on our little break, we'll call it. Um, we were talking about you kind of coming. You were in college. You were deciding you didn't want to be in a frat. Yeah. So did you graduate? Uh, no, unfortunately not. But it, at the same time, fortunately, I did not. Because um, right. then I would have been. Well, just I was a really good high school test taker, but not in college because it's just a different degree of studying. So instead of you know trying to accrue debt, which a lot of people do because they pursue their job mm-hmm. for their career, I was just like, you know, I've heard this that college isn't for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to go to community college, but I need to find a job. So I go back home, and that's when the whole search for community college look, goes on, and then I get this job, which is uh, Jersey Mike's, which is what I had left before I went to a and then yeah. I came back, and then it was like, oh, awesome. So like, you were working at Jersey Mike's, and then you went and you worked at the uh, the computer place, right? And then you come back to Jersey Mike's? Right. So I was at Jersey Mike's the whole time before and after a and mm-hmm. and then once a was done, I went to community college and decided to pursue something else. I was like, business administration. Mm-hmm. That's when I got into... Uh, my second major in A&M, but I decided to pursue it from there. Yeah. And I loved it because it's Wait, just... What's your second major? My second major that I picked was uh, business administration. Right. Okay. Just for the yeah. fact that in my head, um, it's just a general science type subject, but yeah. for business. Um, so I did that, and I loved it because I always understood supply and demand, the basic fundamentals of opportunity cost, things that like that. That was the math that you were looking for. Before. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it was math combined with language. Like, you know how math, they just tell you sometimes X is equal to this? This is wherever they actually explain like what X, X actually means. Right, yeah. which I loved it. I completely understood it. It makes so much more sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then what upset me is that on community college, you get to a certain point where you, you have to take internet classes. Uh, being the person that I am and the way I break ideas down, I thought of it this way. So I'm spending money on a class that doesn't have an actual professor. I have to buy this book and teach myself and be self-paced. That's, I think that's very unacceptable on their it's part. Fucking gym, bro. Because that just tells me that- Can I say even, gym? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Well, it's one of those charged words that you yeah. gotta watch out for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with the internet test, you know, I was like, God, like, they have to find someone for the subject. There's just not the option, oh, you take internet. So I was like, screw it, I'm not doing this. Um, so I got most of my credits, but then I was like, I'm not gonna do this anymore because now it's gotten to the point where like, school doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, That's how I felt at a university. I was right. like, so I have to do all the work and I still have to go to class? So like, and be in debt. All, yeah, exactly. So how much debt, did, do you still have student debt? I do have some student debt. However, uh, just last year, I got a notice for one of my loans that I had paid in full, and that was a really good loan. So you've actually been paying yours? I actually have been paying. I haven't been paying money. <laughs> I've been taking forbearances every chance I fucking get. I've just been. I have like twelve grand. Like no, yeah. Like I'm saying, like certain situations, you know, if you could do it, you can. If not, don't worry about it. I just wanted to be that person that it's not about owing people money. It's just that I just want to be one one of the people in my family that doesn't have actual debt. 
Nice. So I actually, uh, I actually got help from Paul, and he actually helped me with structuring, structuring everything, everything. Yeah. and then just following through with payments and everything. But yeah, that was one of the things, and um, I'm not too worried about it now because it's just an experience, and, and you know, it's just like credit card debt or like paying rent. Like it's just something that I owe, and the day that I don't have any school day is going to be really good for me because that's going to be something that I can actually. Uh, put towards something else. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, whether it's a hundred bucks a month or whatever it is. Right. That's know. why most things I want to take care of right then and there because later on it'll be like compound interest. Like it's gonna add up. Yeah. It's gonna add up. It's gonna draw out. Right. Exactly. That does. Like so, they'll let you make the same payments, but they'll draw it out twenty years. And right. Some shit, dude. Just like a car. And I've had a bad experience with that. Very bad. Experience. Yeah. So, um, from uh, community college. I just decided I need a job. Yeah. It's it's either school or I'm working forty hours plus. Yeah. There's no I'm taking a break. No, like because I'm not. Gonna, no one's gonna do it for me. And well, you're I'm, a hustler too, bro. Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> so I finally got my first service industry job, which was at Carino's. And whenever I initially applied, um, I didn't know much about serving. I just knew that I've been to restaurants and holy shit, he's carrying a tray. Yeah. So I was pretty kind of intimidated with that. Yeah. So I. So this is the one you were talking about earlier, where you signed on as a host. Yeah. That's um, what you were expecting. Right. And having this interview, of course, uh, this lady saw my true colors. Like, we're gonna put you a serving. I'm like, that's completely awesome. When really I was losing my mind yeah. because I know how servers work, or I had an idea. I just didn't want to be at that level. Yeah. Fortunately, like I get that there's money in it, but like, right. I don't know if I'm ready. But fortunately, I don't know what it was. Um, was there a certain goal? But I just woke up every day and kept doing it, kept doing it, and it was just a really good source of income. And I was like, yeah. why stop? So I kept. Well, that's one thing about like serving and stuff that <clears throat> I've always enjoyed is that it's what you put into it is kind of what you get out of exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's one of the few industries that you will get that from. Oh, yeah. And then that's why I find it hard whenever certain people don't want to work. Like back then, it wasn't COVID. It was, hey, you got to work. There's all these opportunities, and people didn't think about having their own business. So, well, even before COVID, people would fuck off their jobs all the time. Like I was, oh, like, yeah. I was a manager for half a second there, and I was like, like you just don't want to make money. Like you, like what are you, what are you doing, dude? Like I know you have kids and stuff. Like they, what are you doing? It's. It's a, it's like life. They talk about money, but they don't want to make it. Yeah. They like the success. They don't like the journey. They don't That's like the, the, the guy that says uh, everybody wants to be big as fuck. They don't want to lift no heavy ass weights. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely go with that because I've had the struggle where like if you leave the gym, you become weaker, and obviously when you go back, you're just like, why did I stop? Don't ever stop. And why am I putting myself through this? Yes. <laughs> so it's a work in progress. Oh, yeah. most definitely. And once you're in stride, and that's one thing about like the service, you're like, I feel like I'm in stride, and I bet you do. Yes. Right now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's when you're in stride. It's second nature, apparently. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like breathing. Yeah. Like, but after COVID, like whenever you had to take that time off, like there was a little bit of an adjustment period. Probably oh, most definitely. A little less than you know some of the people that were like servers that made me the shit about it. No, and like a lot of people that didn't give a shit, didn't give a shit about their job. Um, unfortunately, they didn't come back to a job, so it yeah. wasn't even that much hard to find a job. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I. That, yeah, COVID definitely trimmed the fat in that sense. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it, actually, yeah. because I've actually known that people get weeded out during the service industry. I think you see it a lot during openings. Like a lot of people, they're like, "Oh, I'll take this." Like, "Oh, there's an open serving job," yeah. and then they're like, "Oh, so this is what serving is?" Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that has to, that, and that has to happen because. Whenever you hire at that capacity, you obviously are planning to lose. You're hiring teams. twenty servers when you need eight to twelve. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, it's always good to have that cushion because it's you. You can't. You can't really operate whenever your quota is not met, and then yeah. it's even worse. Like you can't go less. You can go more. Exactly. You can't go less. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's very. You can't be rocking five servers when you need ten. That's why you can have fifteen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's important to just be active about what you're doing because it could affect anybody, whether you like it or not. Um, and that's something that I learned in Carinos because I wasn't a trainer at the time. I was just serving. And one of the locations that I was working at, um, unfortunately, they went to, like, closing, like, completely. And I was like, I need to figure something out. But obviously, they had the opportunity where, like, oh, you can go to... Uh, you can go to Bedford Hewlett's, probably though, which nice. is I wasn't living there at the moment. Yeah, so they had a couple of locations in New York. Correct. So you and I did that. And I was like, ah, like now if you hadn't been good at your job, they might not even offer you that. No, um, and you're definitely correct on that because they're obviously not going to tell anybody who doesn't put in their like their half of the work yeah. in a company, so they're not going to tell people. But for me, they gave me opportunity. Hey, like well, they want to keep you around, right? They gave most people the opportunity, like, "Hey, you can find another job. This one we're closing, or you can transfer this." I decided to transfer because, at that time, I just felt like loyalty and longevity was really important. Yeah. Because around that time, like you were mentioning earlier, people jump around from jobs, but that doesn't look good on a resume. No, yeah. A lot of people don't think about that long term. They just think, "Oh, I just need to find a job." I'm like, "No, this is like a report card." Yeah, like this is this doesn't go off your record, and you could kind of adjust. Like it's it. really easy to find a job in the service industry, but to find a very good job in the service industry, you have to have a good record. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it's like it's just like being a bartender. Like if you don't have any bartending experience, you're not going to get the bartending yeah. gig. Uh, but that's why in Carinos, I had that opportunity to actually grow a little bit and become a bartender. I just decided. So that was where you. Yeah, you put your foot in that door there. Oh yeah, um, just serving. I knew that and I could make money. That's what opens doors for you, man. Once oh, you hit that bar, experience, man, you could serve, you could host, you can do whatever the fuck you want, and you could food run if you wanted to. Exactly. Who gives a shit? You can do everything if you can bartend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after bartending for like a year, year and a half, I just said I just want to be a manager. I feel like they make money. It's just more responsibility. And you thought so, didn't you? I thought so. <laughs> I got that from my friends who I was rooming with at the time. At least one of them was in a management position. And obviously I saw all those issues come back home. And I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't feel like you get the respect that you do. So I'm staying as no. a server slash bartender. So the thing I had whenever I did management for a little bit was you have to be a part of every person in the building. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Like you have to know what's going on with each You are the parent. Is, yeah, you're the parent. <laughs> like if somebody's late, you're like, I know why they're late, you know? And like I, as far as like I'm concerned, I just want to come in and do my job to the best of my ability. Whether everybody around me is doing their job, my part, and even taking over different parts. Like if like I'm at the bar and they're like, "Hey, 
these servers are getting fucked up right now. Like, just go take a table. I'm like, I can do that, you know? But it's like, when you're a manager, you have to, like, you can't physically, or you shouldn't have to mm-hmm. physically, like, step in and do this. No, you should, so learn, you should learn how to delegate the work. Yeah. So, if you say have a bartender like you or me, you can be like, okay, like, I know I'm asking a little bit of you, but, like, can you fucking hook me up over here, bro? Like, oh, yeah, most definitely. And but that, you also have to be aware of, like, our situation. Yes. Like, you can't just ask that of anybody. No, no, no. You did. Like, you can't ask wrong bartender to take a table. They will flip out on you, dude. Oh, and I to this day I still, love them. to this day I still don't understand because I hear the constant phrase, you know, I don't get paid enough for this. I'm like, well, if we were to actually look at the terminology you use, you're getting paid like thirty an hour. <laughs> right yeah, now. like yeah. you're making your own money. Yeah. And when people you're say that, well, more than enough to do that job. Right, and it doesn't make sense whenever they say I'm not making like I was like I'm not making enough. I'm like, are you not working enough, or are you not? Are making you spending hundred dollars on nails a week? Or? Yeah, and a lot of people. That's one thing that I was blessed with when I was a kid. Even to this day, even making all this money, um, I spend my money on experiences rather than materialistic things because at the you end of the day, like a frivolous person. No, at the end of the day, you know, I could spend fifty thousand dollars on a car. Yeah. But if I could spend $50,000 on, on a vacation spot or on a class for six months, whatever, that experience is way more priceless than anything in the world because yeah. it's, it's well worth what? The 50000 Oh, yeah. That's the number we're putting on it. Yeah. It's like kind of how Jay Z uh, operates, too. Like, he, he could make money. I mean, he could teach you how to make this money, but you learn from him. Instead of just looking at his steps, like if he te- teaches you like this, like for five months, hey, you could pay this amount of money, 50000 50, and then you come back and you have all this knowledge, of course, the first thing you got to think about is like, how do I get rid of this debt? I'm like, dude, you just got the tools to take care of that. Yeah. So that's all you have to it do. It will happen organically. It will happen organically. The steps that you just learned. But the fundamentals are the things that people don't want to attain. That's one thing, like when people start thinking about money, money is the fucking bane in this world, bro. It really is. Yeah, fucks a lot of people up in their mindsets, dude. Oh, most definitely. It's it's like kind of like uh, breathing. Like you have that oxygen, you take it for granted, and as soon as you lose it, people panic. Yeah, that's like my favorite line in one of the songs that I listen to. It's uh, by Royce the Five Nine. I can't really pinpoint exactly what the song was called. Uh, oh, it's called I've Been Up, Up and Down, and literally it's him talking to his dad. And his dad tells him about life at 11 and tells him, hey, this is how people treat money. And it's just like, you're completely right. But that's why you have to completely elevate yourself every single time. It's not, oh, I made this and I have this extra. I'm like, no, that's actually not extra. What you thought was extra is actually something that you have to say for later. Right. Yeah. Until you have that actual thinking in your mind, you're always spending every single day. Yeah. And Like, uh, I have extra money currently. I'm doing fairly well at my job right now. Right. Every bit of extra that I have is going towards something. Exactly. Yeah. So there's no like there's a lot of people that tell me there's no such thing as extra money. Uh, it depends on how you play the game. Right. Hey, there you go. Depends on how you play the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's like cryptic, but it's like chess. I mean, these steps are If you know what's gonna happen and you know how to prepare these things, you might as well set up these pieces. Like I'm broke right now, but here in a couple of months, this money will do something. Oh, most definitely you. Or it's money that I won't have to spend in three months. Well, yeah. It's kind of like in my position right now, I keep stressing out about the money that I'm going to spend and that I'm going to be in debt. I'm just like, 
Dude, well, you are about to take a full undertaking, so I totally understand where you're coming from. But and honestly, the fact that you are as calm as you are is a trip. <laughs> I'm glad that from the outside it looks like I'm calm because there's times on the inside where I'm just like, I'm just gonna crack. What the a, fuck am I doing? I'm just gonna crack a bottle of Jameson and finish half of it because I don't want to think about this anymore. Yeah. However, I, with the stress level that I work at, it's no longer at that point. It's just talk yourself through it you're gonna be able to get through it it just takes time deal with the stress especially when you know that you're very impatient you have to constantly tell yourself it's gonna be okay down the road down the road yeah patience is a good thing that i learned at Karina's because i went from one location then i went to another location that was thriving for a little bit and then went under a different i don't know entity or whatever started noticing things change and when I noticed that... They were bought out by somebody or what? I'm pretty sure they were bought out by someone because the menus looked different. Things in the restaurant that we were doing were different. I didn't focus on those things, but I did notice them because for me, <laughs> I definitely... That's right? so good. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but going down that route, um, you find a job that kind of just feeds the energy that you need. Well, so you're look, you're seeing the same job from different perspectives. Exactly. Like every iteration, like even at Boomer Checks, there's like 11 of them now. Mm-hmm. Every one of those is different. Like whenever uh, we were doing a remodel over at the one that I'm working at, I went out worked at the Grapevine one and I was like, I don't want to work on this bar. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a bar that I want to work on. I'll serve here. I don't, I don't particularly like serving. It's fucking easy. Mm-hmm. I can make the money doing it. But I would rather bartend, but like I didn't want to get behind that bar because of the way it was set up, the way that it was like, it was like if I was only going to be there for a month or two, I wasn't going to be able to get what, like in bartending, like you have that, like uh, your your regular base is basically what I'm going to call it. Mm -hmm. But within two months, like I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to have to learn a bar that I don't feel comfortable behind and learn these people that I don't particularly care for. Yeah, you have to be careful with that because yeah. it's if it's an investment in life and time. Yeah. If you're going to work somewhere, you have to love where you're working. Otherwise, you're going to feel like exactly what you said. You're going to feel like you don't want to be here. Yeah. And I'd rather make the money. So, like I'm literally just white-knuckling my way through. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's a slippery slope once you do that because now you're in a place where... And if you're, you're good at it, you know, like, the, like you can do it. And like they'll want you to do it. But it gets boring. Yeah. It's well, like whenever I went to the Grapevine location, they're like, we're going to get you behind the bar like the next week. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really exactly. want to. Exactly. Yeah. And so they like threw me a bartending shift. And I was like, fucking release that, bro. Like, like, I, like I want to bartend. Yeah. Like, no matter what. But like, I'd rather do it at, at my other location. Like, no. Give shit. And, that, <laughs> and that's completely fine. Everything, every location, no matter what company, is not going to be the same. It's all about the culture, the state, and... And it's weird that they, like, every company that I've worked for, it's like they don't, like, they buy the land, they build a building, it could be the exact same as the other building, yes. and they make it different for no reason. It's all about change. I mean, there's always a reason why for everything. Yeah. Um, that's why I used to think like that with uh, Carinos. They would change things, and I would just tell myself, maybe there's a why behind it. But that's freaking stupid no matter what. Like, they, <laughs> yeah. shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing like, that. Like, no. Like, I'll tell you, like, yeah. you tried something, it didn't work. 
and like it's it's things like that that I'll tell myself and I'll get really aggravated and I'll just tell myself like I should probably be in marketing like this this thing yeah. sucks you should be the guy that tells them like it sucks right yeah but <laughs> it wasn't my place at the time so I did what I had to do and I was bartending for a while and I, obviously in the service industry you have this click you have this family that you create yeah, yeah. that you just get to know well you and, definitely have like certain managers you fuck with you have certain servers right. And honestly, if you're good at your job, like you notice, like the ones that you click with usually stay yes. around. Yes, and that's what happened in Carinos is that there was this click. There was we used to hang out outside of work. We all worked well together. It Tell you what's up, dude. Yeah, I was like, no, like, you, you don't want to hear your it. job, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you suck at your like, job. And it's just like I'm just you don't want to hear it. Okay. He's like, no, I yeah. could take tables. I could run circles around you. Like, I'm pretty sure you can. But what lets me know is that you suck right now. Yeah. You're not getting better. But uh, that's what happened once I got to the Euless Bedford location. Everything was gravy. I just started clicking with everybody. And then there was an opportunity for another serving job. This is where Lazy Dog comes in play. Um, everybody was looking for a new job. So can, we, can I put like a, a date on this Like now that we're getting into Ooh. your more... Yeah, like, so whenever I went to A&M and I had the Jersey Mike's job and the internship, it was 2011. Mm-hmm. I came back. You graduated high school in what? In 2011. 2011. Okay. And then after I came back from A&M after that one year, it was obviously 12, 2012. 12, 13, At that point, that's whenever I started looking for a job in community uh, community school. Or, yeah. Community, community college. college, yeah. <laughs> community school. Um, university. <laughs> university. <laughs> Uh, As they call it across the pond. <laughs> and then I know at Carino's. Right, Paul? <laughs> and at Carino's, I spent like three to four years, I would say. So whenever I applied for You didn't stuff, come out with a degree? No, 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 no. This is just Carino's. I wasn't talking about... Oh, right. I, yeah. Carino's, like, when you said it, it sounded like a university to me. No, that was the Italian place. <laughs> okay, I do, yeah. Um, I had been at Carino's by 2000... 16 is whenever I applied for Lazy Dog. Right. And I remember that. And before 2016, and before I actually like completely transferred over, the people that were working at Carino's were slowly finding out about this place called Lazy Dog. The only reason why I found out about it is, and this is the cool part, like this is why networking is so important. Mm-hmm. It's because the actual executive chef that was working at this location, we clicked it. We were basically the same person, just at the lazy age. dog location. Uh, no, Carino's. Right. Okay. We clicked it so well that he would tell me, "Why are you the only smart person working here? Yeah. Why don't people know their shit?" And I was like, "I don't know." And so we, did he? No, he was. Dog. He was very stubborn. He stayed at his, at the Carino's because and he you was, stayed with him. I stayed with him, and then he told me about this job before anybody else knew about it. I was like. All right, cool. I'll go check it out. Uh, lo and behold, the GM worked with this guy prior to Carino's. So I'm like, cool, good graces. He knows me. He knows the person that I'm working with. Cool, it's all good. So from then on, I just came back and said, hey, I got the job. Slowly but surely, I don't know how they found out, but every single person that worked there that I clicked with and I hung out with slowly started applying there. Of course, time went on, and it was 2017 at the point. Were just getting hired there, and I was like, I wanted to have my own job. Yes, I like I wanted to get it. I like. 
nothing against you guys, but like I kind of want to get away from you. It's like you're my family, and you're the yeah. only family I can actually <laughs> place. Yeah, I'm gonna leave. Was it at least the good people? Like, did no, you bring any? It was like, the whole crap? click of uh, misfits. Oh, no, it was yeah. That's it, a, it was just the warriors. That's a problem. It was the warriors, but at the service level, like. Bro, and there's yeah, some like people that are warriors in the service industry that you still don't want to be around. No, because they look like they did their job, but I'm on the other side listening to their complaints. It's like that girl off of a. Uh, What's that movie with um, serving or what is it? Is it waiting, serving? waiting, yeah. And the bi- <laughs> the girl that goes out to the table, she's like, "Hi, everybody, how you doing?" And then she comes back to the kitchen, she's like, "The fuck these motherfuckers!" Like, yeah. oh, I got that so many times, <laughs> yes. and I would tell people like, "You know, they can hear you." And then yes. the only thing they would tell me is like, "You know, I don't give a fuck." I'm like, "No, I know that part, but I care." Yes, but I care. Um, that. Was like, the they don't care about it either. No. I had a oh. dude that would come back, and he would literally, like, I don't know if this is, like, PC or whatever, but he would come back and call people the N-word at the fucking Bev station and shit, and his table would be across the fucking... That's one thing that I never dude. understood is that... I was I, like, I, dude. If there was nobody in the building, and it was just them, cool, awesome. If you obviously are in a place of professionalism, and you see other people, it doesn't should, matter if that they... That word should never cross your mind. No. Ever. Ever. No. But yeah. It's, it's it's something that a lot of people are learning humbly, um, that you just yeah. can't say whatever you want to say. Yeah. And that's what got a lot of people into the predicament that they are now, because whenever I was working on Lazy Dog, this whole clique came through. It was us just, oh, man, everybody came from Carinos. It's a big group. I knew from the beginning that this wasn't going to go the way that they wanted it. So what happened is that whenever I a lot applied, of them fell off. Didn't they? Oh man, I, I I'll tell you. Like this looks like a good opportunity, but then they're like, "Oh, this is a little more professional than I'm." Oh, it was like a domino with. effect. It was. So I applied as a bartender. Didn't have the experience, obviously. Somebody else. You were serving. So I was serving. Didn't disappoint me at all. I was just like, like okay, I get oh, it. I'll, I'll just have to pay my dues later. Yeah. So as people were actually, the ones that people that were applied that were outside of uh, the Carinos group. Uh, that were bartenders? That were bartenders. They started there. And their attitudes were just really shit. And I was just like, man, this bar is horrible. Yeah. And I didn't want to go back there because I have to work with them. It's just not me. Yeah. So I served for a while. I can't imagine you putting a fake face on for anybody. I tried to. And I was just like, you know what? This place told me to be authentic and they're hiring me for my culture. They're fixing to get some of my culture. Yeah, hey, dude. Yeah. In my culture. That's probably the like nicest way that you could say that. I would yeah. Say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like can't... they're about to get told off. They are. <laughs> Do you need a beer? Oh no, I'm good. You guys, I'm good right now. Okay, keep going with that. Um, but being at Lazy Dog, I was also at Carino's. You were working both? Yeah. Um, what happened at Carino's is, like I was telling you, everybody applied and they wanted to get a job at Lazy Dog. They literally, one by one, started quitting Carino's. And being the loyal person that I want to be, I was just like, like I want to leave you guys in yeah. the right way. Yeah. I, I, 
I even walked because as people were leaving, I got more depressed because I didn't have much people to talk to. It was you and a whole new group. Basically. Yeah. And it was a group that I really wasn't fond of. That's and... admirable, but kind of like you could have just went the lazy dog route. I could have. You know? But again, loyalty and making sure that I had the experience and that I actually leave a company in the right way was my intention. Are, are they still around, Karinos? Karinos is still around, um, just okay. not the location. Certain locations aren't. Right. But whenever I left, it, like I even told them, like, hey, I'm going to tell you that this is my two weeks, but I'm just going to tell you as well. I'm not going to show up, just being honest. And at that time, everyone that was leaving didn't even give notice. Or they gave notice, and they stopped showing up. Oh, wow. So whenever I quit with this job, they said, you know what, I understand, but if anything happens, you know, you always have a place here. That's the first time I ever got respect at a job. Yeah. Because someone who tells you that, that means you've done every single thing right and you did everything that nobody else wanted you to do. Yeah. So when that happened, I finally left Lazy Dog. And as soon as I left, I mean, as soon as I left Carinos, as soon as I left Carinos, that's whenever the domino starts happening. One by one from the Carinos group, they left. They kept leaving. They kept leaving. I was like, guys, it's not that hard. Yeah. Seriously, it's not that hard. Yeah. Kept going, kept going. And what I what happened to me, which now that I'm talking about it, it kind of surprised me. I was still moving up. Yeah. So they were coming down. And I so was you had up. a steady progression. I People went, would drop off. I went from serving to bartending in less than a year. And within that year, they made me a corporate trainer. Oh, wow. In nine months. Wow. And then literally. And that was literally just you doing. Oh what yeah, you know? and like it you, didn't. And usually, like doing nothing extra to you. No, probably. it was just just hard work and just making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Yeah. I would be in communication with the general manager because he makes the decision if you yeah. want to become a corporate trainer. Dude, like, if you need, if you want to be good at your job, always talk to your managers. Like they, like I don't give a fuck if anybody calls you like a fucking teacher's pet or anything like that, dude. Like I've always been my managers. I don't know if they're favorite, per se, but the guy that, like, I will their talk go-to. to. Yeah, their go-to. Like, if they need something done, they can talk to me. Well, if yeah. they need a question, they can talk to me. If I need something, I'm talking to you. Right. Like, I'm not going to talk to another server and bitch about something. I'm going to come no. to you and be like, hey, something needs to be done. Here. And that's the type of situation I put myself in because it was just, I, I read the room and I knew the game and I was like, I think this is what needs to happen. So I pushed myself to learn more. For example, for anyone who's not in the service industry, scariest thing to do is run food when you don't know the food. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I need hands. I don't have any. I don't have. I don't know. Wh- what is this? Yeah. I have to greet a table. Make any excuse. My excuses then became my goals to get better. Yeah. I, if I, if I want to know the food and I want to know it quickly... I'll run food. And that's yeah. when it hit me. I was like, I think I know how this works. Yeah. Sure enough, I started working on my weaknesses. So you to... can learn from the things that you don't know about the food. Ask the kitchen. Ask the servers. Right. Ask anybody. It's easy. Same thing, like, if you're going to a table at a new job, learn from them. Like, they have the questions that you need to know. A lot of people don't like to ask questions because they just think people think they are stupid. You yeah. can call me stupid all you want. That's fine. 
I just wanted an answer. Like, imagine you're the first person, like, you're yeah. walking into this restaurant for the first time. Exactly. Like, don't think that they're stupid because they just got here. Like, just because you've been here for four years. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. You always got to be open to learning, even with someone that's been with the company for... Like, say somebody asked you, like, what is it about this, like, cilantro lime that makes it cilantro it lime? It sounds like you're a like, stupid you question, know what? but... Like, I have never asked. Right. Yeah. Because it may be something like... I don't know, they actually don't use actual cilantro. It's some type of concentrate. Yeah. It's as weird as it is. Or know? somebody that comes in, they're like, hey, are your fly, are your fries gluten-free? And you're like... That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> go because, make sure. Like, if you are actually gluten-sensitive, I should probably fucking know that. And in the yeah. service industry, I'd never understood that, that servers didn't want to ask questions. Like, even yeah. to the chefs. Because it got to the point where, fast forward... Do you speak Spanish? Oh, yeah. By the way? Bilingual. Okay, so I have a little bit of a disconnect with my kitchen. Okay. Only because I don't speak Spanish. But, like, we non-verbally communicate very right. well for the most part. Oh, that's But awesome. sometimes, like, they, I feel like they're fucking with me, bro. That's the, uh, <laughs> that's the, that's the paranoid yeah. side of you. I think Paul has yes, been there are. whenever I've ordered my food. They probably are. I've ordered my food. It's taken about 45 minutes to come out because I put my name on it. I don't ever put my name on my food anymore. You know what you should do? And you then think it's weird and you're like, how come I haven't tried that? Just kick the shit with them. Like, just talk. And I promise you, within a week. I did. Dude, there's this one lady nah, in the maybe kitchen. Maybe not at the that level really that you like need to be. Yeah. Maybe not at the level that you need. Like, if it's someone on grill that you like, like burgers. Yeah. I don't think they know that I've been in the kitchen, dude. Like, that's what. It don't matter if you're in the kitchen. You're just ordering the food at this point. No, like, dude, I've been in the kitchen. Like, I know where you're at. Yeah, I know. But a lot of people don't think of it as easy as possible. Well, but I've never been in that kitchen, and I've never talked to this dude. So he's like, "Oh, this is just some fucking." Oh, you never talked to him, pretty boy. Well, that's why. That's like in high school. I try to like, I'll order some shit from the window, and I'll be like, "Can I get this, sir?" And, like, I do everything completely professionally and everything like that. And then, like, dude, it's like when I was selling shit door to door and I went to Houston, these motherfuckers would be like, no habla inglés. And I'm like, like, it says live, laugh, love on your fucking doorway, bro. Like, I know you speak fucking English, dude. It's Don't fuck with me, it's dude. It's a language barrier, dude. It's the same thing as if I went to go get a Chinese tattoo and I said I wanted warrior, say water. And it says salt, yeah. pepper, ketchup. Like I, I can't be mad at the guy because like I didn't do my research. Because you didn't fucking read it's it. It's not my fault. But that actually bringing up the kitchen. That's the that's the. Group. That's one thing. So there's two things when so when you're a server, you need to be good with your hosts. Oh, but when you're a definitely. bartender, you have to be good with your kitchen. Yes and no, because as a bartender, you know and I know that we don't go to. As a no, so you have to have a good rapport with your as, ooh, So that's why you start as a server. So when you're a server, your money is dependent on what your host send to you. Um, as a bartender, it's depending on location because where I work at, the company's really good about rotation. They go about now. Obviously, there's going to be those hiccups where like they get sent somewhere else. But all in time, well, you've been bartending. I've been bartending and serving. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I do both because I was good at bartending. I could play drinks like no one else. Yeah, and I could say that proudly because I've witnessed. I already know things. you've you've showed me some good some good scotch, some good. If you, yeah. okay, so it's like as simple as this. If you can't even show up, I walked you, in and he had a bottle of peach schnapps. He had a bottle of Kahlua. 
had a bottle of what was the other on your counter and I was like he literally has like without like the in bar setup he has a home bar pretty much and what yeah. whatever I don't have that helps me make bar drinks I I just whatever I can yeah. it's all it's all about working with what you have um, that's, that's one thing I've been doing with these uh, these weddings that I've been doing lately like I did a wedding like about a month ago, and they were like, hey, we want Vegas ones. And I was like, well, I have a peach Ciroc, and I have Crown, and That's I have not, Red no, Bull. No, 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 <laughs> it's not the no, same thing, no, but, no, it, you know, no. there's peach in there, there's Crown, no. and there's Red Bull. No, absolutely so. not. I hate when people do, I hate when people do that. That's that happens. I can improv you some shit. No, bro. I've seen that happen with like chocolate martinis and stuff like that. I'm like, yes, no, you it don't. You don't put that in there. You know why you don't put that in there? Because that's not chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but what but if that's I? That's not really peach, my favorite, bro. My favorite thing that but I. But you're dealing with idiots, though. Like no, offense not to idiots. The that don't but I'm gonna say or anything like that. I'm gonna say I can bullshit you into thinking that this is gonna be a big. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, if you know, like, if, like you if you're drunk at your little girl's quinceanera and somebody tells you this is a Vegas bomb and you get crown and peach taste and there's well, red yeah, bull in it. Yeah. But whenever, like, like, let's say, for example, my favorite shot is green tea, I'm going to know you're going to make it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not me being arrogant. It's like, dude, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's like with me with rice and you with mashed potatoes. I don't know much about mashed potatoes. You're not know much about Spanish rice. I was going to say that it's coming off yeah. racist, but I... <laughs> it, no, that's culture. No, it landed home. That's it landed culture. Home. No. <laughs> you go into a Hispanic household and you'll be like, what is mashed potatoes? Yeah. We have like potatoes, like potatoes, no mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like, we like are we doing skins? Are we adding butter? No, it's just is potatoes. It margarine like, it's or just, butter, motherfucker? It's just sliced up potato. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the that's that's the culture we live in. That it, even in the service industry, it, it it gives you an advantage when you know Spanish, or even if you know a little bit. It absolutely does. Like I know the I know the dirty slang, Spanish. Like I know when they're talking shit to me, and that's no, a good thing. And I think that's why like they don't fuck with me as hard as they could, because like like I've heard them say like puta, and I'm like okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll just like stand there. I'm like, okay, so I didn't understand every other word that yeah. you said, but I heard that. But my like, favorite thing so is, but my favorite thing I'm gonna is, stand here with my ice bucket and like, <laughs> do you want me to move, puta? Like, fuck you want, dude. Wow. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you like. I'm when it comes to, and that's the thing about like, and I've also lived like I, I relatively lived with the Saudi Arabian guy. Like, they're very okay. aggressive. Well, not aggressive, but very forthcoming or like. Um, Passive or abrasive? Abrasive is the better word, I yeah. would say. With their words because they don't know better words to use that are softer. They're going to use the word that they know, and it's going to work, but it's maybe not as subtle as they want it to be. No, but it's something that can be taught, though. I mean, yeah. the same thing with like the kitchen. Like A lot of people do ask me, how do you say this in English? How do you say this in Some Spanish? Some say Right, yeah. and for me, it's a really good thing because it tells me that hey, they want to be able to ask the kitchen themselves, like, hey, what's no. his name? How do I ask this? That's that what might I be like. Something I need to get. But what I don't at, like honestly. is like, and I've seen this before. It's like, well, I don't know how to talk Spanish. I'm like, you really think that they only know Spanish back there? I'm like, 
They know Bro, some they English. fucking know English. Dude. Yeah, like I'm yeah. sorry to say this, like even in That's prep, like when I was talking know. about talking shit about the people I was in door to door with. Like I know you know English, bro. And it's even better. I would get to the point where I would like literally I would throw out whatever Spanish I knew. Then I would pull out Google Translate and then be the then they'd be like just I don't want to buy AT, bro. Like just get the fuck out of here. Bro. Like I no, literally like I was how, just trying to go through everything to get you. You don't know how much of a blessing that is now. <laughs> having, <laughs> have, having the te- having the technology now to where like it's real time. Yeah. I pull out my actual phone and like I can ask you. It's like oh this is what they said. How do you say this in Spanish? And it's such a good tool that people don't take advantage of it because it's right there in their pocket. Yeah. They they check their phone at least. Yeah. One time every five minutes. I think it's better if you ask. A it is. I think I. But would it depends on the relationship that you've built because sometimes if you just met someone, they might think that you're coming off a certain way. Whenever, let's say, compared to someone who's known somebody because they work together for a year, it's like, oh no, he's actually wanting to learn Spanish. Yeah. And it's that bond that you build with them that kind of helps you with everybody else because then that person, let's say, is like your friend at this point. They defend you. Yeah. It's like, hey, like he's really trying to learn. Same thing for me. They'll ask me on the server side, hey, how do you say this? What's his name? Are you sure? Um, is this how you're supposed to ask? I'm like, yeah, definitely. You know, there's. I think that's something that I am taking from this conversation with you. It's like, I need to, like, if I'm going to the kitchen and I know that they're not going to talk to me, I'll usually ask the expo. I'll just be like, hey, can you ask them for this? But I, right. what I could do is, it's like, hey, how can I ask them correctly? Or, and also there's another thing is, like, I don't know half of their name. Because we just haven't talked, because I normally go through the expo. So if I learn their names, or if I start with maybe learning the Spanish a little bit, oh yeah, and then I start learning their names, talking to them personally, then we can kind of build a little bit of rapport. So I I feel like I could be better. Right? No, there's there's always room to improve. It's like just, I can do my job the way that I'm doing it perfectly well. But there's always improvement. Like yeah. uh, I don't know if you watch animes, but there's always what I watch is just martial artists, and one of the things that they say is that not every technique is perfected. It could always be better. Absolutely. And what is that noise? Sounds like an ice maker or something. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that's gonna, you're going to hear that. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to roll with it, but no. also I've had a couple of people that have told me I have weird noises in my no, podcast. No, so. stop that right now. Yeah, thank you for that. No, you're good. But uh, with the culture thing, it's also something that Lazy Dog is really proud of. It's that they say every single time, we do not hire on experience. We hire based off the culture. Obviously, in the service industry, a lot of people learn how to sell bullshit. Yeah. I could tell you that I'm a good bartender. I have to show you. Yeah. And whenever I've been a trainer, I've seen it a couple times where the manager will tell me exactly that. And I'm just like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's why we had to do things different. But I don't try to hold on to that thought. I just try to move on and try to work on the next person and then try to catch those things early because yeah. that's my job as a trainer is not only to train people but also be Make the extension better. of management. Yeah. And that's one thing that I really liked about being a lazy dog is that once everyone got weeded out mm-hmm. after like yeah, two, three players years. that wanted to learn. Oh, yeah. yeah. But even then, 
there wasn't really star players. There was just people who knew how to work the tables, said they worked hard, but it's the it's like the old saying that well not an old saying but a new saying for me. You could say you're a good bartender, but just to let you know, to be a good bartender, you need people to talk to. You can't be a bartender if you don't have liquor. You can't be a bartender if you don't have people at your bar. Guess what? You can't be a bartender if you don't have a bar top. Also true. Yeah. So that's the way I looked at it is that, yeah, you got to yeah. do all those things. Like, if you don't have all three of those things, you're serving tables. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people said, oh, like, they even asked me. And all three of those things are the best things about being a bartender. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because. Having the bar top, having the liquor, having everything behind the bar that you need. And secretly, number four, um, not being micromanaged. Whenever you are in charge of liquor and literally the business. Stop asking stupid questions for the most part. Yeah. Yes. If you do your process every day. Like if you know, like if they give you, if they ask you what's in a drink and you can tell them, they're not going to ask you. That's something I'm getting to the point where I'm actually just programmed. Because on the spot, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm doing five different things, you can ask me what's in a drink and how to make it. I'll click out of it. As soon as I tell you the answer, I get back into the situation. Yeah. Well, that's my thing. Like, I'm the guy that, like, if servers have a question, they come to me. Right. Like, I can tell you, like, somebody asks you a weird question about a drink or if they ask you what's in a drink, I'll tell you what's in the drink. They want something different. I can probably make it. I'll tell you how to ring it in. I'll tell you, like, you need to account for this liquor. You need to account for this liquor. This kind of stuff like that. And... And even on that topic, I'm glad you said that because even being with Lazy Dog this long and being a trainer, I've had to learn how to word string things because people will not understand the basic of I have to account for this. Like Keep now you're thinking like a business, yeah. And they look at you like, "What do you mean? I already did." I'm like like I, I have to charge this guy an extra dollar? Yes, you do. Well, why what? is that? I'm like, because I put because I don't own the business. Like that's yeah. the money. I'm like, well, can't you just make it? I'm like, yes, I can make it completely. I need you to ring it in. But that's one of the things. It's not for me. It's not for right. you. Right. Yeah. But just the explanation in the black and white. Well, there's a lot that. of people that don't feel comfortable asking a person for an extra dollar to make their life easier, to make them more accountable to their business. But that's the other thing I don't understand is that I'm not charging for them. I'm not charging them. The company yeah. is charging them. Yeah. So. And don't be mad at me. That's yeah. why people get so attached to, like, the money. It's like. There's a lot of people that would rather sell you. Like, so, like, somebody comes in, there's a lot of bartenders that do this, that will be like, I'll give you a tall, but I'll charge you for a short kind of deal. And it's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to charge you for a tall because you ordered a tall, right. and you're still going to pay me either way. Like, because I'm doing my job right, you're doing what you're doing right, so, like, what's the problem here? It's always trying to find the why, but not wanting to understand the why. Like, I could tell you something is red, white, blue, yellow, green. Mm-hmm. And they keep telling you why it's green. You can give them the simple reason, or you can even go even further. But they don't accept that answer. So instead of doing that, they tiptoe and they keep asking why. Yeah, And that's the patience part that comes into what I learned, is that no matter how people ask, how many times they ask, and as stupid as the question may sound, I have to be patient. It could be as simple as, hey, what sauce goes on a barbecue burger? And yeah. to you and me, it's a very simple answer. 
But maybe they had ten different things on their plate. Just like you know what? Well, I had some. I had a server come up to me the other day, and they're like, "Hey, what vegetables come on a BLT?" <sighs> and I was like, "No, I get it." They were working like a twenty top. You know, no, like, yeah, okay, okay. So that's a very extreme example right there. Like, what? What are the vegetables that come on a BLT? For anybody who's I was in like, the... it, well, it has bacon. I, I went through everything before I saw lettuce tomato. I was like, it has Texas toast. Mayo. It has bacon. It has it has Dijonese on it. It has chicken. <laughs> I don't and know. And then I was like, I don't have anything else. So, like, lettuce and tomato? And they were like, right, 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 right. <laughs> I just want to give a quick hint. Like, anytime you work in the service industry. Acronyms are your act fucking as, friend. Act as, no, not even that. Act as if the menu is your Bible, like it, it, it says it right there. You even pick them up off the table, like work I, through it with the person. Exactly. Yes. But I never understood. Be like, why like, just... don't ever say like, like you can say like, I don't know. That's like, fine. Let's let's figure this out. Or if you need to ask somebody, fucking ask somebody. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like talk to them. Just be like, hey, I don't know. Don't be dumb and be like, hey, uh. Like, what comes on a BLT? Like, oh, uh, bacon, mayonnaise, and um, fucking avocados. And then they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Like, don't try and bullshit anybody, dude. Uh, it, they try to do that just to compensate for the fact that they didn't know. They don't know. But Just say to, you don't know. I, I know it's an easy answer to give all the time, but as a trainer, I've seen the fear... And the embarrassment that you have from people from asking questions, and it's completely fine. Um, just people don't like asking questions because they think that it's going to be a stupid question. When in reality, I've lived by this decree that there is no stupid question. Dude, whenever I first started at Buffalo Wild Wings, the first one of my first tables, they uh, they asked me, they were like, "Hey, can I get a Shirley Temple?" And I asked them for their ID. <laughs> Like no, there's like you do that's, stupid shit when you don't really know what good. the fuck you're talking. That's about. actually really when good. When you don't know what the fuck you're talking, you're like, is that a drink? Like you know, or oh, like I thought you meant this money. This person trying to make money. Now I understand why you asked that. Question. No, I was <laughs> like, is that a is that a drink? Yeah, you know, like okay, like where's your ID? Like I was trying to do my fucking job. You know, yeah. <laughs> some people just learn a certain way, and some people don't want to learn. Um, you can't focus on the people who don't want to learn. Yeah, they're just. That's like trying to explain to someone that doesn't believe in God that there's a God. Yeah. It's like, but but that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, that that's completely fine. Yeah, just telling you. you that there is. I'm not telling you you're wrong if you understand. I'm not Catholic telling you Christ. your representation of him is wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying yeah. that there might be, yeah. whether you like it or not. There's something maybe. Yeah. Who knows? We we on this side call it God. Yeah. You on that side might call it a miracle. Like, who the fuck are we Karma, karma, yeah. you can call whatever you want. Alright, so on this point, I do want to drop back a little bit. And so we are, I feel like we're getting kind of past the point of where you probably started your art, right? Yes, uh, my art started when I was with Karina. That's the weird part. Yeah. The only reason why I was actually able to start my art there, and it's a completely just 
so did, cool lazy like, story. Were you doing art I throughout your so whole much, life or I anything? I had so or? much time behind the bar at some points that I would get a sheet that you would take orders on, right. put it on my server book, and I'm not kidding you, behind Just the bar like for the first hour. I not even joking. And by the time the shift ended, I'd be done with one piece. It got to that point because I was like, I have now, to do something. Now, was this something like a... Like a like, did you start It was with an this? outlet. It was an outlet. It was like... Um, Were you doing this in school? Were you doing this like, I was just throughout doing, your life? No, like, no, no, no. I, like, I didn't really doodle until like at that point. Something clicked in your brain that was like... I got to do something with my time. Yeah. And I doodled. Obviously, doodling, you find your own technique. Yeah. That's one thing that... Can I tell you my technique? What? So I do like a squiggle. And then I make something out of it. I sometimes do that. I sometimes just, I'll just like, don't think. <laughs> you know how hard it is to not think and try to put something on something? It's harder Piece than, of paper paint. Yeah. I had to focus on not thinking. Because then you critique yourself so much. That well, because you think you have, you have an idea of what right. it's supposed to turn out to just, be. If it looks good. And that's the thing about art. Yeah. That's one thing, like, whenever I started doing the writing, like, whenever I started writing my book, was, like, I would sit there and, like, I would write something, and then I'd look back at it, and I would critique it, and critique it, and critique it, and then I'm, like, just leave it the fuck alone. Yeah, it's cool. It's the part of overthinking. Yeah. So you just have to, like, this is how I, whenever I wrote it, that's what I meant. Like, I shouldn't have to go through and, like, Yes, actually, yeah. that's the best way to put it. Like, when you drew that, like, that's what you meant. I am pretty sure, yes. Maybe yeah. one of the sides of Edwin <laughs> probably decided, hey, let's be a kid for a little bit. And yeah. you know how your parents said never to write? We're going to write all over this one because we pay bills here. That's and what I'm talking just about. Just taking that That's advantage. But ever since then, you know, I was like, ah, maybe my art can actually be something. And once I started painting, that's whenever it clicked for me. Um, at that time, whenever I started art, it was just paper, pen, or pencil. Usually pen because, and this is the weird part, I did only pen drawings because I couldn't erase them. Right. Okay. So, so every, stroke, the every stroke had a purpose. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Outline, right shadow, every had a Even though I couldn't think, Even if you were to mess it up. It had or been. in your mind. No, you it stayed it. there. I never trashed or anything. I need to start this all over again. Every piece probably that I've ever made... I didn't have a first draft. Yeah. I just... Like, you it. saw flaws, quote-unquote. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's... And you're like, like, that's what my mind did whenever I did it. And like, it your, just, your hand obeyed, did the thing. And yeah. that's what it was supposed to be either way. And sometimes, like, some they have... Artists have certain situations that they're in that give them that inspiration. But for me, you know, just with my personal story, I started in Fort Worth with an apartment by myself. And I didn't have all the things that people would have on their first time living by themselves. Yeah. I just had my bed and so a couple of was things. your did your mom help at all? Uh, no. And the only reason why is because I wasn't seeking help at the time. Right. I was seeking a little bit of help, but it wasn't at the at the magnitude that a lot of people would be like, Hey, I can't make rent. Like or, can you hey, give me three hundred dollars? It's like, hey, can you yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it was to the point where... So, I haven't asked, but where was Dad in this whole situation? Uh, he wasn't in the, in the picture. 
Um, it's something that I am now comfortable. I've been comfortable with it. I even told myself already, like, years ago, years ago, I had already forgiven him Yeah. for whatever he did. But in my head, it, it was kind of like an arrogant thing to say out loud, but it was a thing that I was kind of proud for myself that I found out, you know, it's not the fact that I don't need you anymore. I just don't want to call upon you anymore. Right. And from then on, I was, I never had an excuse to, like, try to depend on someone. I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to go through that struggle. That struggle was going to build me. It was going to make me the person that I am now. And yeah. it got to a point where I wanted, I had So you to, didn't to, have anything, well, you didn't want to ask anything for your mom. Correct. And was dad just not around? Or? He was just not around. And, you know, uh, as an adult and I'm growing up, you know, certain people go into certain situations. They run into certain decisions they have to make, and I'm starting to understand that even more. And that's why I just don't hold anybody accountable for, like, their past. It's just like, hey, the person that you Everybody's are Everybody's right taking everything kind of day by day. You know? uh, that's one thing you learn, yeah. like, whenever I had a kid was, like, like, I understand how, like, there's pitfalls to being a parent, dude. Oh, like, it is. And that's why we... fucking weird, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm older than my mom whenever she was, when she had me, and, like... There's no book. Fuck that, dude, yeah. Um, but there are books, but, like... They don't it, prepare you for every situation. No, exactly, yeah. Um, like, when your baby's choking on a fucking watermelon like she was earlier, and you fucking turn her over and slap her back, and she throws up everything that she just ate? Do yeah. you feed her more food because she just threw up all her food? <laughs> I don't have a baby, dude. <laughs> I was going to answer that question like I knew that answer, and I was like, that's a trap? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely something you got to be careful about. Yeah, bro. Choking yeah. hazards. That's something I came up on literally today. But uh, just uh, from there, I had it also was a good thing for me. It helped me build myself into the person that I am now, and like, know, it's, so, a, it's like a, not it's a, to dwell on the father thing, but like I feel like the fact that he hasn't been quite mentioned so much throughout the pod is because of the fact that, like, you understood, like, that's not somebody I can depend on. Yeah, completely. It's something completely, completely. I, like, like, maybe that happened when you were younger. But, like, that's not the, not something I can depend on. Mom's here, but I don't want to ask that of her. So we're yeah, going to continue you, life. You I'm going to do things kind of myself. Mm-hmm. Mom's going to be there, but... At that time, at that time, my mom was in a situation where she couldn't help, and I knew why, because yeah. um, she had a certain situation come up, and like it just hindered her from doing everyday activities now. But for me, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not technically taking advantage, but I feel like I am whenever she asks for help. So for me, it's just like I just gotta try ten times harder. There is yeah. no ifs ands or buts in between. Like it, it is what it is, and you gotta be the bigger situation. person and. It wasn't a prideful thing, which I got confused all the time. Yeah, it was just you I gotta get it energy. done. I have the effort to put it. Exactly, yeah. exactly my point. Um, and like it's nothing extra. No, no, not yeah. at all. And a lot of people have that that tenacity. They have that skill. They have that strength, mm-hmm. but it it hasn't been activated. And which I what I think is different about you in particular, and like. I, I like to think me as, like, you don't hold the fact that you put that extra effort against anybody. No. Like, I have the energy. I have the effort. If I'm going to do it, 
everything's fine. If I fail, yeah. it's because I failed. If I succeed, it's because I succeed, and, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Like, and if I chose to do it despite you or carry you along with me or anything like that, then that yeah. was my choice. And every choice does have a like a cause and effect, but it's just the way life is. You just can't always overthink your decisions or overthink your history, overthink what people are doing around you. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is your life and you only have one. You better remember mm-hmm. that and you better do something about it. Yeah. And people just sit around and they just walk around like nothing's happening. Like, oh, it's going to happen one day. I'm like, I don't think you understand this. You got to make, you you gotta, gotta make it happen. Everything. Yeah. You have to. Like, sometimes you're going to get and knocked down. And it's literally times. not even so much about an effort thing. It's about a placement of energy, like a placement of effort. Right. Like, put your effort into the right places. Like, if I was driving my ass into the wall working for McDonald's, like, I'd be fucking putting in the effort, but probably wouldn't go anywhere. You gotta have, you gotta do everything in life like it has a purpose, because if you live life just doing half-ass things, you're gonna have to half-ass life. Yeah. But if you put 110% into everything you ever did, whether you succeed or you failed, you knew you left everything on the table. And also... Have a good time with it, dude. You know. You gotta have a good time. Yeah, man. You gotta have a good time. You don't have a good time, then you're gonna be lost about life. You're gonna die either way, motherfucker. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to put it just yeah. directly like just that. Just go ahead and just call it out. Yeah. So I do, so you started uh, your, so you graduated when? I graduated 2011. And you also said that's when you started your art. That's when I started, uh, 2011, 2012 is whenever I actually started doodling. That's whenever I started just kind of messing with media. And then to this point, I've kind of just developed my own style and yeah. done whatever I need to do, kind of like these pieces right now. Yeah. So I've seen, like, a lot of your, like, big pieces. So I want to understand, like, the the progression of this. Like, how did you get to, the to like, so you started out doodling. And then you started maybe working with paints. And so you started buying, like, you have to buy these. Like, you don't just get canvas. Right. You're like, I'm going to buy a canvas. I'm going to do something with it. You know? So what's the progression as far as, like, the art world goes? Um, it's, it's really hard to explain, especially with someone who doesn't know exactly what they're doing. Um, it was literally a trial and error. It wasn't anything specific. How many, like, uh, canvases Canvases have you bought that you have just thrown out? Or like... None. None? I don't, I don't think any canvas is trash. It's I all think art. It's all art. And if you don't like it, the best part about canvas is you paint over it. Oh, nice. Over okay. and over and over yeah. until you get it right. Okay. I just don't, like, that's the thing with a pen. I draw. I drew with pen because I knew that I couldn't take that mistake back. So the yeah. same thing with painting. Once so you, you can paint, make you something out of it rather than completely. Some of the pieces that I've actually completed and made have been because of mistakes that I've made, and it worked out for the best. Is there any of that on this wall right now? Uh, all of it. All of it. <laughs> I would say all of it. And yeah. when I say I'm abstract, it's not just a traditional abstract. It's everything and anything and every technique has a purpose. Has a purpose. I even use water, which a lot of people don't experiment with it. But for me, it was like, just blends really well. It's, it, I, I, it softens. 
Oh, it softens things yeah. most definitely, but then it opens up the perspective of, hey, that wasn't actually just paint. That was actually a couple techniques with water. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The blend things together. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Nice, dude. So, I think we're kind of coming to a point. So, like, where are you with your art right now? Right now with my art, um, I'm taking it day by day, just enjoying life. You know, it's, it's, I feel like you're kind of, right now, you're on kind of the lazy dog track right now. I but I there's am. no stopping your art. No. there. Uh, my art is going to be one of the things that I will take with me till I die. Yeah. Um, it's just a therapeutic thing for me. I'm not seeking any type of recognition. And that's why it's so hard sometimes to look at it and, like, I have to sell this. But... Like, he doesn't want to sell his art. I don't want to sell my I, books I either. Don't, I don't. Yeah. And it's very hard for people to understand. They ask me. It's like, I just I want like, you to see it. I just want you to see it. Or even if I give someone, like, two pieces that are really special to me, like, I know a lot of people may not understand, but it's just, like, I'd rather give it to someone who wants it and appreciates than it. someone who says, oh, I'll pay you 500 bucks. When that just lets me know they're just looking for aesthetic. And yeah. They're going to put it somewhere where people can see it. I'm like, that's not my art. It's like a limited edition car. There's only one of one, and I'm not going to place it anywhere. Yeah. Wow. So you're still doing your art, though, right? Yes, definitely. Yes. You're definitely still doing your art. This shit will be super big. It's coming up. It's going to be crazy. So do you have an LLC behind this or anything like that? Or uh, We're working on things. We're yeah. working on things. Um, but I just feel like right now, just finding the technique, the rhythm, and then gaining the momentum, I think that's the more important part instead of trying to monetize on the moment. Yeah. And that's one thing about, like, you've been doing your art for so long, and yeah. you still, like, there's a lot of people that would, like, they would do art for a year, and they'd be like, this is my niche, this is what I want to do. No, no, no. For me, I, I, if I'm going to get into something, um, I can't be perfect at it, but I'm going to get very close. So you're gonna explore every possible opportunity. Uh, if it's if it's coming my way and it's available and it's something new, I will definitely be on it. Most All right. Okay. Yeah. So you have the art going on. Mm -hmm. Working on that. I feel like you haven't. So you you are, ex, like I want to say expert. There's I don't know that there's really like, I mean Picasso and fucking like Van Gogh and shit like that. Right. But there's no like art is objective. But I fucking love your art. It's fantastic. And I think you are at a, an expert level. But Thank you. at the same time, like you're not at a professional level, whereas you're like... That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. You're at an expert level, not a professional level. No. And I'm, I feel like I'm getting to that level already, or like kind of tiptoeing around it because I've had people ask me for tattoo ideas. They asked me to paint Oh, dude, walls. you would fucking kill. Like, dude, just this right here, that would be a oh, tattoo. Yeah. There's tattoo ideas that I thought... There's art over there that would be badass tattoos. Yeah. There's people that have gotten my actual painting color scheme on their skin, oh. which is just a big thing for me because it, it just means that much more. It's like, permanent, bro. Yeah, it's permanent. Yeah. It's permanent. <laughs> and you're not going to find that anywhere deal. else, too. Yeah. Is Paul one of them? Do you have one? Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. 
right behind you. Actually, <laughs> dude, like I am actually like sunk into this couch. Dude. Like I've been trying to sit up this whole time, but it's it's like it's one of those couches that literally like sinks you into it. Like it's comfy, but it's like you can't do shit on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, I'm comfortable, but, like, I wouldn't be comfortable doing work on this couch. I can't believe you told them the DLC story. I was there when she walked up. He goes, uh, what Oh, the shit, that was it. Yes. No, I was right there. Yes. Did she do her thing? Did she just <laughs> yes. B. L. T. Let's work through it together. This is going to be my stand-up coming up. <laughs> Yes. And you were very patient, very kind. Yes, that's that's what you have to do. Like if you're gonna be the bartender right. of a restaurant, like you have to be the guy that can take stupid questions and Work give somebody a answer that leads them to the solution rather than calling them stupid. Right. You know? But like it's a stupid question. Like I will I I'm gonna lead you through the steps to answer your own question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm about to run to the bathroom, but while I'm out, what I want you to do is everything. So, do you have a website? Yeah. You have a website. You have Instagram. Yeah. You have a Facebook business profile, I would imagine. Uh, not yet. Anything that you can shout out while I'm gone, I want you to do that because I want this podcast to do everything that it can for you. Oh, like, dude, awesome. you have all of this, like, badass, like, dude, you have more pieces than you have exposure, dude. Like, right. you <laughs> like you are better than your, like, clout, basically, is what I'm uh, saying. Like, gonna, you're I'm better like, than people understand. And I want to give anything to help anybody understand how good you are. He hasn't even yet put, like, half of his stuff up on his own Instagram. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Right, I'll so, about that. Yeah. So I'm going to run to the bathroom, and you're on the floor. So I, I will be. <laughs> Here's a little picture of the dedication of the bathroom. Cat protected.
published probably, I would guess, by <laughs> I think you guys did y'all do some shout outs? Uh no. I want to do the shout outs uh with you so that oh, way okay, I don't dope, I yeah. feel like you need to know as well. So one of the um profiles you should definitely take a look at which gives you a full image of everything that I've done or everything up to this point. I know I have some posts that I haven't done, but that'll get taken care of later. Uh so the first one which is quietman underscore Good boy. Good boy. Yeah. Underscore catalog. Can we talk about where that name came from? Um, yeah, actually. It was I, I really thought that we would come up on it in the podcast, but we like just not quite. Like, no, it's something that's again not a really big story, but it's just one of those things that as an Instagram account. I think it's a bigger story than you think it is. I you're completely right. Absolutely, you're completely yeah. right. Um it just it was something that I needed to figure out something. Not catchy, but something that just wasn't the same across all boards. And one of the things that it's did... subtle hits a certain audience. It does. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that if I have this name, it's the only name that's going to come up. Yeah. So from then, I just... Well, I just started looking on the inside. I was like, well, what about me? You're a quiet man. I'm like, okay, I guess we got half of it. And because of my first account that has two names, I don't know what it is, but it's maybe the dualism. Uh, when when dualism, were you born? The duality. What's your, what's your birthday? My birthday is uh, September 28, 1992. So I'm a Libra. Okay. okay. And I know that because I have a tattooed on me. So in case I ever get lost, or my memory gets erased, <laughs> I know I'm a Libra. I thought you were a Gemini for half a second. No, it sounds like I'm a Gemini, but yeah. I, I... Well, pick, I am a Gemini, so I, 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 pick, hoping, yeah. I pick which side I want to be. Yeah. Geminis are, like, both at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good way to put that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I really like, because, like, y'all get to, like, just click between both, and it's like, I'll accept both of y'all. It's not as fun as you would think. No, man. it's not. I know it's not. Being a Libra is about the same. But uh, the good boy part was just kind of going to the origin, you know, of I've been this timid person just shy just doing whatever i need to do and from then on it's just like let's just put those together quiet man good boy so when when i heard the story it was like uh the quiet man was you're hearing all these stories the good boy is you're not telling the story yes so there's actually a scotch out there scotch whiskey irish that is called quiet man which is what we're sipping on shout out to quiet man we're sipping on it and sponsor (laughs) <laughs> it's actually a story that kind of intertwines with that because as a bartender in when, an Irish in an Irish club, scene yeah. in an Irish location um, stories would be told obviously to bartenders kind of as a counselor kind of as a the bartender confidentiality right 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 yeah. even to this day it still exists yeah. and I would hope so 
the story behind it is that his father was a bartender, and obviously he heard all these stories, mm-hmm. but he was the type of person that didn't share stories as well. Like, that's what we have in between us. Mm-hmm. So I kind of took that to heart because whatever I talk with people in a certain manner, I try my hardest not to share with anybody else. Not to spread this. I think that for me, unless, like, I'm giving permission to give you, to tell someone else something, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't share it. But we live in a different society that a lot of people don't think that way. So for me, Quiet Man is a really good, you know, tag that I just keep coming back to that just tells a story that I am Quiet Man, but I'm still a boy at heart. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're taking these stories at a boyish level. Yeah. But you're a man about it. Kind of like whenever uh, you're at a barbecue and you have kids in an adult conversation. Obviously, they're going to hear certain things. But mm-hmm. for me, I just took it to another level and kind of thought that's a personal information that I probably shouldn't share with anybody else. Yeah. Because if they wanted to share with anybody else, they would tell someone else too. Mm-hmm. So that's where Quiet Man Good Boy came from. And if you wanted to check out my personal, uh, it's cool kid, nice guy. Cool kid, nice so guy. So it's a play on words because that was the first one that I had. Cool kid, nice guy. Okay. But I think that's what I used to kind of mix into the next count because it's almost the same, but not really. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see a different connotation on the first Cool one. kid, nice yeah. guy was like the first version of me and then quiet man good boy was i like think cool evolution. kid nice guy is more of like a child's rep- representation of it right yeah cool kid nice guy. that was back on tumblr days whenever i had the real deal as a well blog. that's whenever you're thinking of it as like i can be a cool kid in high school and i can be a nice around guy. tell people's business or i can be a nice guy and i can not do stupid shit with girls and stuff like that you but it's I mean? also things yeah. that they tell you like if you're really an old spirit or if someone's an old spirit that you find out, they'll sometimes tell you, like, hey, you're a cool kid. And it's like, hey, that, that, that person's a nice guy. You'll just yeah. hear things like that. So I guess that's why I just took that name and I just took it to another level and put Quiet Man Good Boy because he's, he's a quiet man. He's a person just painting, just yeah. doing whatever he wants to do, but he's still a good boy. Yeah. So at the base, mm-hmm. he's a good boy, which is something that's a lifelong thing. But a good man is something you earn. Right. And yeah. same thing with the art. You know, a lot of people have a different perspective on what it looks like. But I just let people talk for what they want to talk about. And I just let my work speak for itself. Dude, and you absolutely do. Because all of your stuff, like, is so abstract. And it's like, if I were to ask you for the, like, the explanation of it, I don't know, I feel like it's it's not something that would, like, baffle your mind, but it's something that would baffle my mind. Right. It's I like, would say so. It's like something like, you could tell me how you did it, and you could probably lead me through the progression of it, but it's like, I would rather just look at the art and be like, dude, this went through stages, dude. Yeah. Human instinct is everybody wants to be understood. Um but I've always been the type of person that I don't want to be understood. That's why if you ever talk to someone that knows me, they'll give you a perspective, and it'll be different from each side, but that's because it just depends on the person that I'm communicating with. Like Everyone has different sides. 
Yeah. It just depends on how you want to communicate with me. I can give you the raw side of me, and I can give you the nice side of me. But yeah. it's not up to me. I can play a character, or I can be myself. I don't play characters. I am the characters. I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, and that's absolutely what I appreciate about you. And, like, going back to what you were saying, like, I think I just learned, like, more than most people know about you. And I oh, yeah. still don't think I fully no, that's understand the enigma that is you. Because, like, dude, you are a very incredibly unique person. Thank you. And that's one thing that, like, translates into your art. And it not only translates in, into that, but just your interactions with me. Like, your interactions probably with every person that you come into. Right. Come in contact with. Go with that too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I understood your flow. <laughs> okay. No. But, but no. Yeah. So on that note, like, dude, I think we've learned like as much as we're gonna learn about you, and you will be back on at some point. Oh no! Like as soon as I I'm up in Colorado, I'm gonna make sure I have time set aside for you to come through and do a part two, That's if not part three. About, yeah. So we're going to catch you as a introspective person now, and when we catch you later, you'll be a retrospective person looking Completely. back. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Or you might be a, what's the word for, I don't know what it is, but somebody that's looking into the future. Optimistic. A prophet, she said. Optimistic? God damn it. All right, all right, all right. So right now, I feel like, I'm like, and you are literally leaving. How? Like, when are you leaving? I'm living. What time is it right like, now? Literally, it is twelve thirty. I'm leaving in less than six hours. Okay. So we have taken kind of like an account of less what maybe. Dude, how old are you? Like, I've I never am asked. Twenty-nine going on thirty. Okay. Yeah. So I think maybe twenty-five percent of my. I think life. as far as your soul goes, you're probably thirty-four, dude. <laughs> no, as far as my soul goes, I'm on my fifth life. <laughs> I'm on my fifth life. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not even joking. <laughs> I could see that. I was giving you the benefit. <laughs> this is like a 70-year-old dude over here. Yes, yeah. I'd go with that. So a 29-year-old man, looking back on... So you're leaving for like a big chunk of your life, dude. Oh, yeah, I know. After 29 years of living relatively in the same place. Yeah. But not only that, but I feel like you've moved around. You've done everything within, a, like, so there's a lot of people that would live in the same house where they would, like, move within, like, 10, 15 miles of their place, but you've moved around. Like, you've yeah. done what this place has to offer for you. Definitely. And so you've experienced... A lot of things, but you haven't experienced everything. And I think you're going to I don't go think out. I'm ever going to, but I'm getting very close to it. You're going to experience as much as you possibly can. I will. Because if you have the opportunity to do so, why not take advantage of it? There's a lot of people that don't think like that. Fear. Yeah. It's literally, I was going to come back with it, but I was like, that's the exact word for it. Yeah. Fear. You know what? Boy, I hear being fearless, taking on the world, going to Colorado Springs, yep. a beautiful place, going with a company that is 
fearless in itself, kind of, right? I would completely agree with that. Yeah. Like, Lazy Dog, like, I I don't have a lot of experience with that place, but it sounds like a very good place. If it has somebody like you, I fucking <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, you're giving me more credit than I need. So thank you for that. Thank you. All right, bet. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and sign off of here. So follow Edwin as he goes on into Colorado Springs. Yep. Opens up multiple more restaurants for Lazy Dog. You can follow him at... Uh, cool Kid Nice Guy at Instagram and as far as uh, Snapchat after everything you've seen and it looks all cool. Uh, Ace Be Fresh. That's just all one word. Lowercase. Ace Be Fresh. And you will eventually see him in the Louvre. You will see him in uh, the Smithsonian. All of that stuff. <laughs> with this beautiful artwork that is a timepiece for our generation. Goodbye, Mr. Edwin. Goodbye to the people. Thank you. Love you guys. Fucking love you, bro. You're doing a great job. <laughs>